Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of our podcast. My name is Elliot Greenman. I'm Alexis Enel. And this week's podcast is with a Patrick, friend of yours. Yeah, Patrick Van Dustin, mm. who's uh, described us or talked to us about, um, well, being made redundant and setting up his own business and how to kind of focus on the retirement, retirees actually, and their expectation a bit and his business model. And we talked about a few other things. Yeah. Like donut. Yeah, the donut model of measuring or different ideas around away from uh, the current model of growth with regards to GDP. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you were mentioning a minute ago about having like maybe some other... Uh, matrices of mm-hmm. uh, measurements to see how you are as a person within society rather mm-hmm. than for example just credit score um, and, and things like that and I think for me it was like it was really interesting hearing someone uh, within the financial industry very clued up on how that that all works being really hopeful for future generations changing uh, changing the way that that industry or the whole of basically the the, the nation or England or the world works um, and then he also mentioned how he believes very strongly that at some point in the future there's going to be a massive uh, Nobel piece of work Nobel pe- like prize mm-hmm. worthy piece of work of someone coming out or a group of people coming out with a new model that integrates all these things in there um, so yeah it was, this was one of my favourite podcasts I think mm-hmm. So far. Yeah. So as always, Thank I hope you. you enjoy it. Perambulations in Franglais. So Patrick, thank you for joining us on yeah, yeah. a Tuesday evening. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so why did Alexia invite, invite you, I guess? Who are you and what what makes you tick? Uh, well, I'm obviously an acquaintance of Alexis. Is that too? <laughs> and every time I come here, we have very long discussions about all sorts of th- things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think from that came the idea that I might, might join. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Belgian. So on occasions we try and speak in French. In French, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the title already appealed Franglais. I thought, okay, yeah. I, can, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, my background, I, I came here to the UK back in 1988, so it's quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Did my university in Belgium, where I did a combined engineering and economics degree. For those of you who speak a bit of Flemish, it's called Handelsingenieur, commercial engineering. Uh-huh. And then almost immediately after I graduated, left Belgium and didn't really want to come to the UK, but this is where I ended up. <laughs> uh, because I was in the States beforehand and they, they wanted to open up a UK, a UK office, a European office. I pleaded for Paris and I ended up here. And um, <laughs> Damn. yeah, I'm in the UK. <laughs> well, wait, wait, if I tell you, I am, so I, I was given this one way ticket. I was in San Francisco and uh, given this one-way ticket to the UK. And the very first office was just outside of Basingstoke. 
So this is, and Ooh. I had envisaged Paris, uh, yeah. Paris thought, yeah, okay, yeah. London second best, but Basingstoke is not immediately what I was thinking yeah. of. And coming down the taxi rank at Heathrow, I could not find a single cab that wanted to take me to Basingstoke. They would all take me into London. London, that's, that's, that's I had to plead for almost an hour before somebody took me there at, at extravagant cost. <laughs> anyway, I stayed and I've used the UK as a base because at the end of the day, it's actually a very good base mm-hmm. to do lots of work. I spent 10 years as a management consultant. I then left consultancy having told executives what to do. I thought I might as well give it a go and and do it myself. And then I became um, an executive in a a Benelux financial institution where I was global head of innovation for about a decade. And then having thought, well, I'm telling all these people what to do about innovation, maybe I should do it myself. And I did entrepreneurship and I'm still doing that for about 10 years. So it's literally 10 years consulting, 10 years trying to do it, and then 10 years trying to practice what I told everybody before. That's, um, that's quite interesting within itself, is it not? Because a lot of, uh, I guess, quite a few academics don't ever make those steps, really. It's, well, been, it's been actually a, a continuous learning because every time that you think well I, I know because i can explain it and then you end up going to do it and then your first reaction is oh actually that is quite difficult mm-hmm. um and then your kind of your mind has to open so well, okay all these things that when you're on the outside and when you're on the sidelines it's always quite easy to see oh you should do this and that once you then come into the field and you have to play you always realize now nah, this is actually a lot harder. harder. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, when I came out of the corporate world into the entrepreneurial world, you kind of think, well, I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been mm-hmm. uh, responsible for uh, some world firsts in terms of innovation. But if all of a sudden that corporate infrastructure falls away, um, <laughs> What's and, you've its got, and you've got to do it all yourself, mm-hmm. schedule the meetings, make oh. the introductions, write the slides to just put them in put the mundane things on the table here, Um, it's also a lot harder. Mm. Um, And when you can no longer say, please have a meeting with me because I'm the senior executive of a very large company, uh, then you have to say, I'm Patrick, I've got a tiny company and it's based in Bath. Um, People go, who are you? Why? Why should I do that? Mm. And what's even more remarkable is that the connections that you have, they, they disappear, the world moves up. Fantastic fast, fast. So the people that you know very well, the first year after you left, the second year after you left, the third year after, they kind of start moving on, fading away, whatever they do. And uh, five years down the road, you are on your own. On your own, mm-hmm. indeed. Wow. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I've done. Uh-huh. Um, and I think where we've always found a connection, Alexis and I, is that when I was at university, because I did this combination of engineering and economics, um, economics had a very um, uh, scientific bias to it mm-hmm. and a very engineering bias. Mm-hmm. And the university where I went, which is Leuven, and, and the finance department there, which is what I did my major in, they were associated with the University of Chicago. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Chicago was all around rational thought and rational actions and equations and mm-hmm. and I remember as a student having a t-shirt with an equation on my t-shirt because we were really quite proud to be able to do it that way uh-huh. and then the, fer- the very first firm that I joined uh, was a firm that was all around shareholder value basically telling firms that you could calculate management 
and how to do management because there was one uber goal which was the share price and the share price was obviously an irrational market and was rationally established and as a result you could take these equations if you were all the way down to management, management. And, and into the organization um, and, and uh, you know I, young and idealistic as you are and yeah. you think hey this is cool, cool uh, yeah, I can write down the equation for you and and then, obviously, as time goes by, particularly as I then be, went into financial services and I, I was head of innovation for quite a long time, started feeling that actually some of these things don't quite work. That maybe the markets aren't that efficient because certainly as I'm trying to design products here and I'm trying to sell them to mere mortals, um, mm. they don't always come true on their promises. But you, what, you can, the, the products? Mm. Well, yeah, because... If, if you design a product where, with the base concept that the, the market is efficient and the price will reflect rational expectations, um, mm -hmm. then obviously when all of a sudden markets become irrational, <laughs> you've got a problem. Because yeah, the, yeah. Base premise, pro product, right? the, the base premise of the product design is, 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 is shaken at least. But then you, you kind of kind of whittle your way out of it at some stage and think, well, actually, the price is not always right, but over time it's right. It's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a matter of scale. Yeah, just, just, just wait a minute and it'll <laughs> come right. Uh, but what is still right is that the diver diversification is good. Mm. So to have not all your apples in one basket is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so have, have many baskets. But then the financial crisis comes along and all of a sudden doesn't matter diversification because... As all the liquidity gets sucked out of the system, all these equations, all these premises break down. Mm. And then, then you, you take a step further back and you say, well, don't worry, don't worry. We have to act rationally. This will pass. Mm -hmm. And this, that, and the next thing. And we've always explained to you that you know, your product can go up, it can go down. Da, 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 da. And, and even people that should know better because they've studied it all act very oddly. <laughs> Let's not call it irrationally or whatever. They're just against a, a rational framework. They act very oddly mm -hmm. they, and they end up bailing out when possibly they shouldn't bail out and they end up doing things they shouldn't do. And then you think, no, there's got to be something else going on here. Um, and that's then what got me to do what I do now is uh, I run a, a small behavioral science company mm -hmm. and what we're interested in is how do people really make decisions innately and and how do we match product design with with the innate nature of humans <laughs> because if it works mm -hmm. along the ways that people immediately it's called in psychology it's called heuristics yeah heuristics if yeah. it takes into account heuristics just the normal attitudes and biases and emotions of people mm -hmm. then um, we may never have the perfect product but we might have a product that will make people over time happy mm -hmm. because they understand that they can get their head around it it mm -hmm. is for them mm -hmm. it is them mm -hmm. and, and because we are this is my view, um, because we're human and, 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 and we've all evolved in a kind of similar way, there are not endless permutations of, youth, of human uh, behavior. behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time that we study something, we always tend to find that there are probably three or four strong groups. Mm -hmm. 
and, and maybe one or two weak groups, mm. but it's not 100 or it's not even 20 mm. or not even 10. Mm. It's a small number. And, and that's quite interesting because if you're a product designer, you can get your head around, say, in financial services. And a, and a problem that I've been very intrigued about is retirement because we've got all these baby boomers that have so merrily invested their money in the marketplace and, and they've actually accumulated quite a bit of wealth. But they, that was excess money. They had their security coming from income, from being paid by a farm or whatever. But now that will stop. And now they have to draw that income from their wealth. That's quite a difficult challenge because you don't know how long you're going to live. Mm. You don't know what calamities may befall you mm -hmm. <laughs> or conversely, what, what luck you might have. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know whether you're going to have enduring health. Uh, you don't know whether your spouse is going to stay with you. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a big one. <laughs> you don't know whether you're going to ever get your kids to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Another big one. <laughs> there's just yeah, there's a lot, lot of big variables actually. Yeah. And so if you've <laughs> saved, um, and this is where some mathematics do come in handy, if you have saved, say, half a million good for argument's sake, mm -hmm. and in the first five years you end up spending 100,000 out of that, 20% mm -hmm. gone, you get the inverse of, of a kind of compound interest. You get a decompound, mm -hmm. if you wish. Um, if you lose money quite quickly, um, it accelerates going down as well, and you could run out very quickly. Um, and so it's an interesting problem where you have to say to people, you've probably not saved enough. You thought you had, but you probably haven't. So the decision here is not about precisely which products you should buy. The decision is figuring out what you want mm. and what's going to make you happy given that you will have trade-offs. Mm. What you want or what you need? Well, I think <laughs> if you start with what people want, want. Uh -huh, uh -huh. so you get that out of them. Let's, let's the emotional part. Get okay, that, you've got an upper limit. I mean. Yeah, it's mm. going to get that expression of preferences out of you. And then you can start argue, arguing... Uh, Debating. So if you had to choose, is giving your kids a bit of money more important than having that cruise of a lifetime? I'm just making this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh. And is it the same for Josephine versus Joe? Or, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, so these are, okay, let's, let's figure out what, what takes top notch, what comes second, what comes third. And if the situation is a bit different, would that prioritization still hold? Still hold, okay. Because very few people have a view on their future self, and as a, as a result, very few people also find it very people find it very difficult to articulate what they really want. So you tease that out, and that's got a priority, nothing to do with with financial products. Mm -hmm. It's just because if a customer is happy, and if a customer has gone through the possible scenarios mm -hmm. that they that they might encounter. Mm -hmm. They're prepared. So if they hit the bad patch, patch. or whatever, mm -hmm. I've thought about it. Mm -hmm. I've kind of mentally prepared for it a bit. Myself. And now it's come. Mm -hmm. And I know that I also thought through what I might do at that stage or how it could possibly feel or how it's going to pinch in my finances. And therefore, I'm far more accepting. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a provider of financial services, at the end of the day, if the client is okay, and not everybody just wants to make returns all the time, they just want to be okay, mm -hmm. and have a sense of the affordability of future choices, if you wish. 
then you got a happy client. They're mm. not going to complain and they're not going to call you all sorts of names. Mm -hmm. But and if they work with you well as well, really, or you work with them well, so you got a good. You have a continuous dialogue no, with them. So, it. so yeah. say Perfect. that we, Alexis, I've, um, I've been talking to you, and we've mm -hmm. got your future once, and we've discussed about trade-offs and what could go wrong, what could go right, and we've. De designed something that might work mm -hmm. a bit of insurance a bit of investment a bit of this a bit of that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now the world moves on and, and every so often we have a dialogue about mm -hmm. what has come to pass that we expected mm -hmm. what has come to pass that we did not expect mm -hmm. have we rehearsed it in any other way mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. at the end of the day it might have been something about risk or yeah. calamity whatever and and does it make us rethink But I can have a dialogue at that moment with Alexis because mm -hmm. he knows what I'm talking about. If I talk to him about Chinese equity, uh, a market hedged in dollars and so forth, Alexis is probably a bad example because he will always have an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but a lot of people may not. It shows how well you know him. <laughs> a lot of people may not. And as a result, they, they phase out and you, there is no dialogue. They come mm. to the financial advisor tell me, That can also put them, in, I guess, in a position where they start to act oddly as well, right? If you're talking about that stuff, because, you know, the lack of knowledge or understanding of something, people deal with that in very different ways. I agree. Yeah. And, and the task often of companies, and I think that's, that's true, not just in financial services, but every, everywhere else, is in some ways we want to understand what the client's problem is and solve it. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't necessarily just want to invent a product and, and sell, sell it. it. Uh. Um, so it's, it's quite a rewarding task to say, okay, we've done this thing and I've got some idea as to what you want. And now I'll use my technical expertise to combine a few things that give you a path. It's a bit like when you take an airplane. You're not that fussed about figuring out how the airplane works. And, and, and whether the engines are have that trust in them or, or something else. You just trust that the combination of the maintenance team, the pilots, that is that the next thing will take you from Bristol to Benidorm. That's it. Because you want to be in Benidorm. Benidorm. That's, and everything else is part of a professional package that somebody's planned, somebody's paid for the airplane, somebody's put the crew in there, somebody's trained the crew. And, and maintain standards. Somebody maintains the plane. Bloody, bloody, bloody. The White King. Yeah, mm. yeah and, and I think we're, we're moving far more in that direction and data allows us to do that because we can have these dialogues, we can be far more sophisticated about teasing out people's expectations and wants and then use technical expertise to say, okay, if that's what they want... To model the thing, really. Let's, let's, mm. let's create a solution. It's a mm. dynamic solution. Mm. It, it can withstand change. Because there will be change, we know there will be. So let's not design something that only works mm -hmm. in one circumstance, in one future that never changes. It will work. So quite biological thing. We yeah. talk about allostasis in mm -hmm. in biology. So how to change to stay the same in a changing environment. So how is it some of the parameters of your physiology and mm -hmm. everything or your environment and you're able to accommodate all that and have a bit of a plan and therefore your overall output or input stays a bit the same yeah. despite having made quite a few adjustments and then 
the environment can move around you an awful lot and then you're actually quite stabilized in a way yeah yeah and and, and, and natural systems have resilience in them naturally naturally that's yeah. it, that's and, it. And redundancy tip, uh, yeah and typically uh, products don't they are financial products well products or, or any product mm. but, you know when the first cars were made they were not not built to, mm -hmm. to, serve, to kind of withstand the crash these days yeah. they have all sorts of features in them these days my car if i have been driving for an hour and i all of a sudden have to swear for a pothole it thinks that i'm falling asleep and it starts binging yeah. and says maybe you should stop and have a coffee that's it that's it that's it <laughs> that's literally what comes up on my screen <laughs> that's it that's it that's it Damn, okay. i'm fine but all right <laughs> what a good idea but i think i think this whole idea that we're moving away from this more mechanical approach to economics and then everything that is derived from economics. And we go far more to a more biological approach, mm. a more systems approach. That, that I think, is the big revolution. And, and yeah. you almost think of it as physics, where before Newton came along, you obviously had some physics, mm -hmm. but whatever it was, mm -hmm. then Newton comes along and, and there's this massive rethinking of how physics works and, and, and then how we do it. And, and I, my own view is that's, that's now slowly creeping up on economics and everything that comes out of economics, which is, it was all about um, equilibria and, 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 okay. and equations mm -hmm. and, and, and precision and, you know, that does that and mm -hmm. that's return and that's volatility and that works like so. And, and so then when I spoke to you about ISLA yeah. model and with the interest rate and the GDP yeah. and the saving and then the investment and yeah. then the cross and the equilibrium and you were like, yeah, great equation, but doesn't really do really. Well, it, 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 it is. I mean, we're, you've got to go back to when, when the first people that were doing economics they were trying to understand something and they and, and engineering was in its full swing and people thought well, well we'll just try to do it like the engineers do and in and in engineering there is a formula certainly in physics there is a formula mm -hmm. you know and force equals mass times da da and, yeah, and yeah. that's what it is um what, and, and in the beginning, that's because there was no theory at all. At all. <laughs> that was actually quite handy, Andy. right? Because you uh -huh. could explain something. But what we've found in recent years is that, and, and, and out of that come the concepts that the market is efficient, humans are rational, trade is a win-win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the axiom, axiomatic uh, part of it, yeah. which has varied and now is changing a bit. And we but we're finding that, that actually... Um, People have preferences and people don't attach the same value to something. Uh -huh. You know, we, we're looking at a, a glass, glass here, but if this had been containing your jam and this and that and the next thing, you yeah. will already have a different perception of its value than I have. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to trade it versus you versus you, I'd uh -huh. get a different price. Uh -huh. So, and, and, and that's the problem with these kind of equilibrium it's, models. It's almost like there's no, like the equilibrium works based on a on a stable control right yeah as in this there is no there will be an equilibrium like price because control. all information is known all information mm -hmm. is assimilated everybody is rational <laughs> bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um 
as which, a model which, is nothing yeah. a priori wrong with that mm -hmm. but what's not in the model is that people are not consistently rational sure. information is not consistently available <laughs> information is not consistently assimilated mm -hmm. and and as a result therefore it, it can apply to certain situations with certain people whatever mm -hmm. but it will not be a general way of mm -hmm. describing human behavior of, of what happens in the world mm -hmm. and and that I think is the new insight and when you look at who's winning Nobel prizes these days in economics mm. they're the people that study that yeah, yeah yeah and they're often people that don't come from the western world they're people that have been on the other side of trade is a win-win mm. from India India or developing yeah, yeah, countries and say well actually you know what when we look at it from our side of the equation we don't quite see it that way Wait. it doesn't mm. seem to have worked out this way why is that mm. nice uh, so the model doesn't explain what's happening around here and mm. I think some of the people in America this is the book that, that we've been yeah, yeah. been reading here Paul Krugman mm -hmm. I think he's describing that as well that mm -hmm. some people in America that the win-win's not worked out for them either. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've not moved, they've not upskilled, they've not whatever, mm -hmm. and as a result, things have passed them by. But that's not what the economic model says. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it, that's it. It's a uniform type thing when actually there's lumps and bumps and dips, and so it's a bit granular yeah. compared to really uniform. And there's no friction to change. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you can't make your money out of textiles, you reschool and you make your money out of... Yeah, yeah. Lathing, lathing um, aluminium or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't, and, and we face this problem here in the UK because mm -hmm. supposedly a lot of people may not have continued employment. The, the example that came up not so long ago is pilots. Mm -hmm. yeah, so the airline industry is obviously quite hard hit. That's it. What do pilot? How do they retrain? Uh, because it's a very specialist, mm -hmm. yeah, skill. skill. It's a, a very specialist job, mm -hmm. and so you don't go from being a pilot to being a marketeer mm -hmm. or to be a computer scientist even mm -hmm. though it's mathematics and so forth mm -hmm. that requires possibly years of reskilling mm -hmm. and are people going to have the motivation to do it to do it mm -hmm. it's depressing losing your job yeah yeah, yeah. you bet you bet <laughs> and well a job you, you love on top of it yeah, yeah. yeah. and takes you around the world and then the next I thing think. is you find to say that you retrain to be a coder yeah. Uh, or do the next thing you find yourself in a small room never coming out of it <laughs> yeah writing code mm -hmm. uh, for clients that are never happy happy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and <laughs> after training spec. for yeah. a very very long time to be something yeah. that has quite a high status for example yeah with that. it's like yeah it's a com complicated uh, problem to solve I think it is and I think what the, the change that we're that I certainly observe where my company is trying to make a bit of a living to be part of that understanding that actually it's a lot more complicated and and it's at the end of the day all around humans and our environment mm. you know, we, we live on the planet that we live and, and we've got to make do with with the way evolution's made us and with mm -hmm. the planet that we've been given mm. and and now how do we build a model around that now that, that's the big theory and mm -hmm, lots mm -hmm. of people are working on that yeah, you bet, you bet. and you, then you take it to just small problems that I'm involved with which is you know how does it work out on the with around the issue of retirement mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. how is it working out around the issue of community engagement a lot of people no longer engage with their community yeah. I live in a village 3,000 and odd people in it we um, 
we thought we'd have a, a big idea about revitalizing the village green. People got very excited, the, the planners got very excited, mm -hmm. uh, organized the consultation, and out of 3,300, 13 people came. That's not a lot. <laughs> and most people only come to make some critical comments because mm. they're the ones that are most, mo they're <laughs> most motivated to come out and say something because uh -huh. it's in their backyard and they don't like what's going to happen. So there's backyard. 13 houses around the green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you're walking up the hill, you think, uh, I live from higher up on the hill, thinking there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is not good. Mm -hmm. um, the issue that came to us not so long ago is um, renewable energy trading, which is, I knew nothing about and I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about now, but I did read up on it a little bit. But if you have, if, if you get people to install solar panels and this, that, the next thing, and you're trying to make them more self-sufficient, what you really want is that as small communities, they become completely self-sufficient mm. because that means that you can de decommission all that other infrastructure. If we have a little group, say of 20, 30 houses, and between us, we have a consumption pattern and a trading pattern that is balanced, balanced. then we don't need anything that comes out of the national grid anymore. We keep ourselves in, in check and, and we consume what we've got. And so you've got a combination probably of solar panels and heat exchangers and batteries and whatever. But uh -huh. we're a balanced system. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all that other infrastructure is no need. Now, what makes that system tick is not economics or whether it's human behavior. If Alexis, in, and if we're all three in a system, and Alexis has absolutely no regard for trading with others mm -hmm. because he wants constantly hot water on tap, he mm -hmm. wants constant everything, everything, everything. In my bath. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, just. <laughs> in his bath, yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. Uh, the, the image is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be the consumer and possibly you'll want to buy from us. But that means that we've got to... So we don't create a sustainable system. Mm -hmm. We also know that price isn't the only motivator because... We might say, okay, Alexis, we want to pay you to consume less. Mm. But you say, well, I will, Patrick, but only if you pay me a thousand quid as uh, opposed to what I can change. Uh, yeah, yeah, 130. So, so yeah. we're looking at it now from what are, how do people behave in systems like that? And how do you, as a result, design them and make them work and, and in, put incentives into that that create? A natural desire, that kind of speak to the desire to cooperate, which most people have, uh -huh, uh -huh. and create balance. Uh -huh. Big part so of a community, can, yeah. Yeah, because if you're a, an energy company, it, that's fine. If you can, you know, you may help people set up these systems, and you may have some software that helps them. But if you can't switch off the big generator, if you've got to have it turn all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because when all of a sudden everybody switches on the kettle and there isn't mm -hmm. enough electricity, you've got to pump it into the system. That's a very expensive insurance policy mm -hmm. to run a generator. That's mm -hmm. essentially what happened in Germany, right? They they did they not try and do um, run the country or or an area on renewable energies, yeah. and then they had to switch on the coal mines or something. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly that. That's right. Yeah, they 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 switched off the nuclear. Mm, that's right. mm -hmm. Um, which is this kind of constant, it's constantly there because, but they took that out of service and so they had a far more, they didn't have that constant reserve ready that's on all the time. Mm -hmm. And so they had to then uh, figure out something else to deal with the peaks. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so coal, coal <laughs> it turned out to be the alternative. Now, take, talking about Germany, that's also where at the moment most of the experiments are around how do people behave? What mm-hmm. motivates people other than price? How do you get people to shift their consumption a bit so that, Alexand- uh, so that um, Alexis's yep. bathing habits mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, I don't know what habits, yeah, yeah, yeah. coincide a little bit better or at least we can find an understanding between each other so that I might use some electricity in the morning, but Alexis doesn't get out of bed until midday, so that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Thing like that. Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting. And then we observe that behavior, we try and see to what degree it can be predictable, to what degree you can use incentives to on the margin shifting so that the balance is maintained and then mm-hmm. run a system where little mini grids, little communities mm-hmm. actually take responsibility mm-hmm. for their renewable energy generation and trading mm-hmm. as a community. And you kind of think, what's not to like about that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the macro, the macro into become a bit micro, the yeah. macro becomes micro. So it's a bit smaller, but it's a bit the same than the state, really, in a way. Well, so. You will know, if, once people take ownership of things, mm. a lot of problems solve themselves. Mm. A lot of problems that we have, I think, in today's society, also in financial services, is people don't take ownership of their financial decisions. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they complain very quickly when it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and the industry is not helping itself <laughs> because it's not building that rapport. rapport you know, it. you go in, it does a risk score. You know. Assessment, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it says, oh, Alexis, you're an eight. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What's an eight? <laughs> Out of what? What does that mean? You're risk-loving, but not too much, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit vague, and you think, well, that's probably true sometimes, but not always. Mm-hmm. But it's a specialist who tells me, so it's probably true. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they will have a sophisticated. And then out of that eight, then magically comes a portfolio. How that precisely has worked actually nobody really knows i think mm-hmm. but they say well we've created a portfolio for you and mm-hmm. it looks like this mm-hmm. and you look at this portfolio it doesn't tell you anything really mm-hmm. you see some chinese equities in there you see yeah, yeah. some bonds in there mm-hmm. no, just making this up um and you think well must be all right mm-hmm. um, it looks like there's a bit of everything of yeah, anything and everything but it's a bit yeah. skewed towards the risk because i obviously thought i was an eight yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, China, it doesn't bother me too much. seems a bit risky, but okay. Yeah. Uh, because I'm an eight, I should take some risk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Surely. Surely. Because uh, so you're, you're given the shirt first, then, yeah. then the portfolio to match. And but nobody well, yeah, takes ownership of that because they don't understand it. That's, that's not them. They don't think of their lives and their, their, their wants and their appetites of risk in that way. Mm. You might have a great appetite for risk mm-hmm. when it comes to impressing mm-hmm. your spouse, mm-hmm. but you may have absolutely no appetite for risk mm-hmm. when it comes walking around with your children. For mm-hmm. example. People mm-hmm. are have very different attitudes. Mm-hmm. They did this experiment once in finance where they give people jars and they put a label on the jar and people put coins in there. And so one coin is, one, one jar is for expenses. And another jar is saving for a special day, and another jar is something else. Um, and and people all of a sudden, in every jar there are pound coins, but all of a sudden these pound coins are no longer the same because people run out of money, but they never they don't touch the special day jar, despite the fact that this one 
is it it's empty. empty now a pound's a pound right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. It's, it's a pound yeah, yeah. but the, the the emotional meaning has changed has changed yeah and and so the same is true for risk you will be certain situations where you like taking risk and there's certain situations where you don't like taking risk mm. and that that's we're not sophisticated enough yet but i think the big trend in 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 everything has to do with economics and then everything that is derived from economics is let's understand that better back to what you said this is biological system mm -hmm. let's understand that it's a lot more complex that it consists of a lot more interacting mechanisms mm. emotions desires wants events whatever mm. and and become far more on top of that mm. and then and we always thought oh, it's all about experiences these days but in fact that's true it is then making it a life experience mm -hmm. you live your retirement life mm -hmm. and we the financial services company is there with you to help that experience mm -hmm. to make that a happy retirement life for as best as we can make it mm -hmm. without over promising anything mm -hmm. but being fully knowledgeable about what good looks like and, and feels like for you mm. and you and and, and quite a number of other spouse yeah, yeah yeah if you still got one or yeah and, and, and as i said yeah, they're yeah. not endless permutations of what people need and want mm -hmm. they are biologically programmed with mm -hmm. fairly similar innate reactions mm -hmm. they, and as i said before we we find typically when we do some of this development work and research there are about three or four strong groups four strong so you can design products for those uh -huh. and then you can have a say you're you look like you would fit that profile, profile. and people go oh yeah yeah, yeah that, that that feels like me bit nuanced yeah yeah, yeah uh, it's like me and then typically the first question would be am i alone and mm -hmm. then there's 20 percent oh good good <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a freak. <laughs> uh, that's, no, that's the fifth category. <laughs> <laughs> and then what you get is people self-norm because you want to be part of a group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. say, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not a freak. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, are others a bit better at it than I am? Yeah, actually, as it happens, when faced with similar trade-offs in the same situation, they make slightly better. Oh, and how do they do that? Uh -huh. Well, they do this, do that, do the next thing. Okay, well, I learned something here. I might actually do the same. Uh -huh. uh, when you see somebody that you identify with and you see them do something a little bit better, better than, than you, you. Mm -hmm. you have an innate motivation to say, I'm going to try that too. Mm -hmm. It seems to work. I like the end result mm -hmm. because we have same likes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's probably already some relation to that already. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you think, okay, yeah, that's quite nice. And we are copiers. We copy. We are the only species who copies others and we, we yeah. mimic others and we are really good at really copying we are, there's not many other even crows or or monkeys monkey do monkey say or monkey say yeah. monkey it doesn't yeah. work like that they don't really they don't transmit things like that because we all copy we love it really so mm -hmm. belonging to a group and that need for being part of a group is you're gonna almost want to be the best in the group as well because you're going to be of that competitive mm -hmm. edge but you quite you're quite it relaxes you to know that there is a group mm -hmm. for you in the whole lot and then others share same values or sh same behavior sense of belonging, sense of belonging yeah. and all those things really i think it's quite um, 
Yeah, so it's quite needs-based in your model, basically. Well, yeah. it's not a model. It's, it's just you, you try and, it's kind of almost systems thinking, you try and figure out what are the moving parts mm -hmm. and how, they, how might they stack up for this particular individual. Then, mm -hmm. because we have some idea, certainly not the whole idea, but mm -hmm. some idea how the moving parts interact and, and where. So we use a lot of um, games and, mm -hmm. and kind of immersive reality immersive tools we kind of get people into playing a game that game actually plays their life whatever it might be and we see how people intuitively react and, and in the simulation that is that a game is you can test many things and then people react sometimes always the same regardless of whatever this of the scenario and you think okay that's interesting mm -hmm. they sometimes never do something ever You think, well, that's interesting. They never resort to that, that action, Actually, despite no. the fact that it's available uh -huh. in the game. And then the interesting bit is, of course, that they do certain things under certain conditions and certain things under other. Yeah. And then within the conditionality, you try things out. You, 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 you pose it as a big effect, small effect, early effect, late effect. Ta, 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 ta. And so as people play these little simulations, you kind of start mapping how under certain circumstances certain things happen. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that's a game in the real world. It works differently. I agree. Um, not 100%, but, but there's obviously some. But what the game does is it reveals the basis for a dialogue. So look, when you have to solve these problems, mm. when this happened, mm. you seem to prefer X over Y. How come? Mm -hmm. Does that feel right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when it came early or when it was small or then not, what do we... And so you tease out... What the rationale behind it. Yeah, the rationale behind yeah. it, the emotion, the attitude. And, and then mm. ultimately your goal is to say, so do we agree? Can we agree this understanding about you and changing situations and, and, and trade-offs that you'd be prepared to make and trade-offs that you did never ever want to face? Mm -hmm. And, and then you say, well, we can design a product for that. So it's really or not, as the case it's expectation be. management then, uh, yeah. in a way, really. You uh, yeah. really manage people's expectations mm -hmm. in light of their behavior. I like games, because I think it's really exactly what it's on about. It's a big game, really. <laughs> I, think, I think they offer the, some of the best like, uh, pattern comparisons mm -hmm. to real-life situations, mm -hmm. don't they? Mm -hmm. They're a good way of, of trying to figure out how the moving parts of a system come together mm. um, because you can, you can play it out in an accelerated fashion. So when we do this retirement game that we have, people basically play their entire retirement life in, in three minutes. Mm. And then we ask them to do it again and again and again and again and mm. again. And every time we stack the cards of scenarios a bit differently, things mm. happen in a different order, things happen in a different order of magnitude, different sequence of time, whatever. Mm. Something completely new happens. Mm. And every time you, you record the decision-making, 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 mm. including, for example, when all of a sudden they procrastinate. Mm. That's interesting to know. When that comes, make the decision absolutely immediately. When that comes, is it can't even make think, 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 think. Yeah. Um, Oh. That, you, know, you, you measure all of these things all for the purposes of okay let's have a dialogue so that we can come up with well first we try to get you in a group that is the thing that as a company you still want to do mm -hmm. uh, because you, you can't have endless yeah yeah permutation, permutations, yeah, 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 yeah. although that's becoming a bit easier too mm -hmm. 
Um, and then you say, look, that, that's the this experience we designed for. Yep. Mm -hmm. We designed something and we keep track with it. Mm -hmm. uh, on it. We, we keep track with you on mm -hmm. how it progresses. And if it changes, we have that dialogue. Perfect. So the experience the client is having of your, you trying to match him with some kind of products is really the key part of it, really. He's been invested in a lot. He showed his interest. He showed his expectation. He's mm -hmm. really, and you get a bit about his behavior and how he's reacting. And therefore, you can he even, it makes your client fit himself into the model almost. He yeah. could almost yeah. choose which model yeah. he goes so in really. You're no longer selling like, the running shoes, but yeah, you're yeah. selling the fitness experience. And so that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's Instead it. of giving them an eight, and then t almost like them being like, well, yeah, that fits, like you said, for 90% of my life, but not 10%, all of a sudden is a bit more of a dynamic profile. And they've also built that. So they probably, they understand that whole profile better than... And a lot of people define, so when you ask people, um, as you just said, it fits 80%, 20%. Actually, people get most miserable about that 20%. Mm. People are far more susceptible to bad experiences. Mm. That, that frightens them. Mm. And that's a strong reaction. If, if you have a bit of joy, that's nice. Mm -hmm. You ask people to, to recall some of the worst experiences they've had in their lives and mm -hmm. some of the best experiences in their lives they'll always rattle off the, the worst ones. Mm -hmm. It's, it's yeah, yeah. just so grooved in. And so you, we, we found this with the financial crisis. I was, had been head of innovation for a long time in the financial crisis, so I had a lot of clients that had bought my products, and I took quite a few calls from, mm -hmm. from people. People not super happy. Not super happy. I'd never heard of them earlier. Yes, it, is, it, is, it, is, it. it all worked really well. Nobody bothered to call me at all. That's it, that's it. <laughs> And everybody just took it for granted, and it's just a normal day in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. you know, the markets are well, I'm making some money, it's good. Mm -hmm. But I don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, the markets are not good. Now, big drama, mm -hmm. big drama, mm -hmm. and, and worry, and, 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 and yeah, 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 yeah. And angst and heart yeah, attacks. Angst, yeah. <laughs> and, and so that 20%, 80%, 80 20 is not good. Mm. It's not good. It's mm -hmm. not a happy outcome. Mm -hmm. uh, you you want to have a almost a hundred percent of the as you were saying a bit earlier of the expectation managed mm -hmm. together co-created so that we always look for and say okay if that happens we're going to be a bit exposed it hasn't happened yet mm -hmm. but but if it were to happen you're going to be a, do, are we happy with that can can do we need to cover that do we need to insure it do we need to hedge it do we you know mm -hmm. no, no 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 I'm going to accept it okay. as it then comes along. You're not as unhappy because mm -hmm. you had mentally anticipated that mm -hmm. it could happen. Already played that story out. Yeah, and it will still hurt and you'll still be miffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these things. That's it, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a day. Yeah, yeah. And the day will pass and I've already rehearsed other scenarios and I can move on. Mm -hmm. and, and financial crisis and I think now possibly COVID with, with lots of people. Mm. that lose their jobs and feel, find themselves under pressure it's a big issue because mm. it's never been mentally rehearsed mm. unknown 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 a big pandemic that wipes out everything mm -hmm. that you know if you're an airline pilot I you were it. looking at a future of unbridled growth because mm -hmm. the world was going to travel mm -hmm. all Asia was going to want to go somewhere you bet you know we were looking at 
a couple of billion people wanting to travel. Mm -hmm. So you think, well, I'm going to be flying until I'm in my 70s. They're going to never let me retire. Mm -hmm. Now they can't get rid of you fast enough. Enough. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, you can in see six months. Uh -huh. Not even. Three, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. the 747s in Campbell, ah, yeah, stacked yeah. up, Drosair, all the rest. There's no more 747 with British Airways. Correct. They get yeah. rid of all of them. Yeah. All those kind wow. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a four, almost 50 year old, a bit more, almost. Almost more than 50 year old plane, really. It's like a massive mm. thing, really. No, no. I know it's quite an interesting. Um, interesting thing like that with yeah. all those uh, new jobs new the uh, learning process all those kind of things really so how how is it you we, we, so we look at a few we, we quite enjoy a couple of uh, tests we like the big five uh, test it's like a personality mm -hmm. it's not like a, a, a psychometric test but it's a big five And it's like really about your conscientiousness, your agreeableness, your uh, neuroticism, your openness to new experience. And there's a fifth one, which I never uh, uh, remember, but that's another story. Mm -hmm. And I look at the Colby, Colby test as well. And Colby is about connection. It's how is it you go about do things. Mm -hmm. So when you're faced on a, uh, on a problem, how is it you go about it? Are you a bit risk avert or are you quite happy to take risk or are you going to handle it in your head or are you going to have to manipulate it with your hands in order to fix it? Type thing, really. Mm -hmm. All those kind of things, really. And I think that's almost a way of knowing how you go about interacting with the world in a way. And I think maybe the pilots, as you, you say, were really on a spearhead almost because their jobs are so specialized. Often they are forgotten how they got to that point, really. So mm. they, if you were to step back 20 years and look back at how is it you went into that profession and you navigated it, maybe uh, you're a bit miffed to have to do that again and think, but maybe... Mm you should know a bit more how you proceed and how you deal with risk, how you deal with knowledge, how is it you process information, how is it you stack it, how is it you go about, and therefore it could almost some of your knowledge and the whole thing can maybe go and be used, really, or maybe not so much the knowledge, because that's the, just the facts, but the process mm -hmm. that you've used to actually acquire that knowledge and interact with it, in a way, so... But it's hard. But it's hard. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the financial crisis, so in 2000, uh, 2010, um, the, the company that I worked for was taken over and to the victor of the spoils, so the senior management was all got rid of. Nice. And That's how it goes. And so all of a sudden you find yourself out of a job, and, and the first year is one of feeling very miffed about it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you've got lots of talent and this, that, and the next thing. <laughs> But the first year, you just think it isn't fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's Calimero. Kind Calimero, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't fair. I mean, I was yeah. doing a great job, just that the next thing. Uh, the reason why it was taken over, you know, or part of the reason uh, why. Yeah, it was, a, well, in another part of the financial service of our, of our unit, not unit, of our company, the investment banking side, the balance sheet was over leveraged and oh. uh, Bush. boom. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. But then, obviously, to the victor of spoils and, and the new management comes in and all of a sudden you are outside and you think... So, while you have all of these 
skills and, 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 and you can, as you say, conceive, I'm going to do this, that motivation to kind of let mm-hmm. go of the past mm-hmm. and the fact that you've just been kicked out there without any recognition sure. of the fact that in the last 10 years don't you, mean anything you made yeah lots of money for the company you created some fantastic new products that, that mm-hmm. lots of people ended up enjoying that some won prizes and commendations and all that so well all gone mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Think, that's not fair mm-hmm. i'm not happy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it takes a while to that and, and i think a lot of people think that you know we get it's it's we get pushed into lockdown that's not my decision mm-hmm. and i lose my job mm-hmm. and i'm going to be angry about it mm-hmm. right? and then i was driving here in the car and i was hearing of these protests in italy and, and other places where people are getting angry mm-hmm. they want an end game they want a plan they want something mm-hmm. i i can see they we're talking now about how to model behavior in economics mm. i think it, it'd be wise to think about scenarios as to how does this all pan out mm-hmm. um not just when we motivate people to go and find another job but when we have to get them through that phase where they're actually miffed miffed mm-hmm. miffed is a good word <laughs> and they don't have the motivation mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and you know that the plan you have is completely directly linked to your motivation because ah. dopamine Mm. Dopamine is a, the experience we have of dopamine is motivation, but yeah. dopamine is about the plan. And therefore, but we've seen how governments have stacked the whole graph, and the graph we've had was like that, really. Mm. And it was only one curve. Yeah. So that didn't leave us with much choice about, and much ability to actually comment about the, what the government is doing and comment about what is it we are doing. Because having like four or five different curves of Like, just for the COVID numbers and things like that, really. You could almost see in different places, up north and down south, and you could look at the different curves we had planned if we had done mask only, mask with washing hands, mask with washing hands, and with uh, mm-hmm. social distancing, mask with washing hands, and uh, only six in the house, and then, and then, and now we decrease the whole lot, and then we can see the actual curve mm-hmm. that is appearing, and we can be like, okay, well, the decisions from everybody's been in lockdown, so that's all happened but it's still going up so there's a problem with the decision making and there's a bit of feedback from an accountability but all of a sudden there's nothing so everybody is really miffed yeah. <laughs> that there's no plan that's the thing. Then, or it looks like there's no plan but, but then that's, that's also yeah. what you were saying to begin with which was um, it seems that when people take responsibility when they view take stock of their accountability of certain things, take responsibility of stuff, but then it's, life's problems seem to solve themselves. Well, that's dopamine and the plan themselves. Because mm-hmm. if you take responsibility for stuff, you're then able to make an actionable plan, mm-hmm. which you then get motivated for, mm-hmm. which you then carry on doing the plan. And that all doubles down. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start figuring out how you can chip away at some of your personal issues. Mm-hmm. And if, if the plan is not very well articulated, maybe by the government and or everyone in the UK has a has a focus on them to do something, mm-hmm. then obviously people are going to get pretty well, they're going to stay in that miffed state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, so when when COVID first emerged, everybody was talking about a V recovery. Mm-hmm. We have a sharp dip down, yeah, but boom. almost immediately, immediately come back up. we get out of it very quickly and we kind of shake it off 
<laughs> it hurt a bit, but you know, the world hasn't changed. We uh, we we recognise things again, and we go on. Then the V became a U. So that's um, <laughs> we're all going to be in it for a bit longer, <laughs> but it will go up again. No worries. Uh, I think the real question is, what if the U becomes an L? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, and then we stay in for a long time, or an L with a little uptick at the end, yeah. and that's where you kind of start thinking, well got to get people to motivate to how do we get that change motivated that they will take that into their own hands and they Mm -hmm. will there's not an argument about money uh, it's an argument about people Mm. and and health or the value or the value people put on money that's the thing really because it's a sacrifice you know how many people you know who have won the lottery who are living a happy life (laughs) none of them Mm. Yeah. None of them, That's because it destroys them. They haven't sacrificed anything and the value they have. They can't put a value to that money because mm. it isn't really real, really. It's, money is like a fragment of our bloody imagination, really. And that's a bit the whole thing about how is it now that people have been given uh, free reign. Mm. They've been given free money. Because they've not been able to work. It's a quite exceptional thing. But it looks like if it had been like a V, as you say, and it had been just a dip and come back, the whole thing had, had been released. Oh, that's it. Oh, perfect. And we go back to a normal thing. Yeah. Actually, it's not a thing. And therefore, they're like, well, hold on. So you paid me that much money and I was doing not much. <laughs> so it was really good. So therefore, the, all of a sudden, the value that people who've been on furlough, or not all, but on a bell curve, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a majority of people really enjoyed the whole furlough because they were able to do other things and see what other things they could do with the money that was coming from not having mm-hmm. had to sacrifice the time, really, mm. in a way, okay? And I think that's quite... In, their rent was safe, they had mortgage holiday, so all that risk-taking was a bit... Uh, yeah. buffered from them oh no no problem there's no risk and then that's the mo- and you're at home playing your uh, Game Boy and things like that because there's bugger all to do anyway because you're in lockdown there's mm-hmm. no even a shop or thing like that to do really and how is it you spend but nonetheless being paid like that has, has really I think it must have changed quite a lot of people and their perception of yeah. The future already. So this, this is interesting because what you're describing now is systems thinking. So you're no longer thinking, oh, there's a model. Mm-hmm. And, and in the model, you, know, you have certain inputs and outputs and mm-hmm. that's the way it will work. What you're now starting to describe is that there are feedback loops and there are delays and, and, and other things will come into play. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, the outcomes will not be the ones we Predicted. know. Predicted, yeah, yeah. Because processes have kicked in where people have distanced themselves from certain things where things have taken too long and and people started behaving differently or wanting differently or whatever it might be and now we're looking at a a fairly different possible scenario Mm -hmm. different system that that that's i think where economics now is is developing very fast and it'd be interesting to see whether it, it kind of in some ways a pandemic helps that thinking and helps that new model come about is that we look not just at at various states, but we look at the flow between states, we look at what influences things, and we have a much better understanding whether certain things end up reinforcing outcomes or detracting mm-hmm. from outcomes, mm-hmm. um, and, and start planning for that. And be, because 
Everything we've done to date economically is to try and protect economic growth. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. The check has been written yeah, yeah, yeah. so that economic growth can, on, be, mark on it. Yeah, yeah. can be maintained. And there is a, 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 a avenue within with economists that, that say, well, you know what? What if we don't, what, what if that's not the measure? Mm-hmm. You know, why is that a good measure in the first place anyways? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's a universal one. Well, almost, uh, yeah, almost. but it's, it's apart from Bhutan, has, but it's has, a has good it, one. Has it not been beneficial? Um, I think it's probably not been harmful in the which sense, is mm. which is uh, answering your question in a slightly different way. <laughs> but as we are starting to, so when, in the very beginning, when everything is plentiful, growth is all right, right? It's always a bit better. But then at some stage, you start hitting a tipping point where actually the costs of pollution or the costs of extracting uh, ores or things like that from the ground are, start, are starting to accumulate and you don't see them at first because they're all externalized and they're not in the equation so you don't really care about them but now you think mm, it starts biting a bit everything is getting a bit <laughs> harder people are getting a bit sicker quicker people are da, 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 da. and so um, growth has probably been okay for quite a while Simple, simplistic measure as it is, but we're now starting to hit climate change and all that. It's probably one manifestation of saying endless growth, always more and more and more at without constraint or constraint thinking even mm-hmm. is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the idea that oh, that's okay because prices will kick in and well, no, tell me how the price of pollution is in our current model. Yeah, okay, I fly, I, when you could still fly, can't fly anymore. Mm-hmm. You could buy an offset, mm-hmm. right? At the, the, the end, when you book your ticket, say you want to spend two quid on offsetting. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered how many people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and even if they do, that's probably not yeah, the right offset. What, what, what does it, where does it even go? Because one yeah. of, one <laughs> of, a person <laughs> I think is incredibly interesting to listen to nowadays is um economist called Björn Longborg who runs the Copenhagen Consensus Center mm-hmm. and he's talking about um he's done loads of work for all sorts of people UN um yeah and he basically is taking all so like um uh, uh Biden's uh Biden's come out saying something like he's going to put two trillion dollars towards um, climate change, and he's mm-hmm. like, nearly all of that money will be completely wasted, and it won't be it won't be put in the right place. However, he's written some articles on certain parts of his climate change policy that are actually amazing. Like, for example, quadrupling the amount of money that's going into research around mm-hmm. renewables. He's like, that's where every every penny should be going. Mm. And, um, at, the, at the moment. At the moment, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Before, but until we can understand exactly mm-hmm. what's, you know, what the bigger, bigger picture is. But we mm-hmm. want a model, ultimately. So in the model of growth, we intuitively think, oh, that's a good thing. And everybody's intuitively motivated to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if we now find that actually growth has probably come to its limit. Limit. Because growth is exponential as well, right? Two percent on two percent on two percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it again? If you 
um, compound one pound each time by the end of the month of 30 days, you're in millions. Oh, yeah, it's more than millions. Yeah, so, um, so and it's, it's been very compelling, but it's probably been very damaging, or it's, it's starting to become very damaging. So we need another measure, one that makes the thinking that you were just explaining just the intuitive reaction, oh, we've got to think in a multiple dimension, we've got to get ourselves off growth for growth's sake, and growth's the only thing, and growth is good, and whatever, to there's a, a bunch of things we want, and, and happiness, I know the one that they have in Bhutan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a combination of various mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. says we want a healthy driving life on a healthy planet, da 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 and, and we have ways of expressing that that are simple, that are intuitive, and that get everybody motivated. And I don't think we've got those yet. Mm-hmm. But that's somebody's going to win the Nobel Prize mm-hmm. for coming up with mm-hmm. that initial framework or pointing mm-hmm. us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you, so I've, uh, there's been lots of people popping up on my social media feeds saying, mm-hmm. uh, talking about donut economy. Oh, yeah. Is that anything? Yeah, that's related to it. So, um, and that's one of the big tenets of the donut economy, because basically what what that picture is is that you got the outer limit, which is what what can the planet bear. You don't want to go outside that, mm-hmm. and then you got the inner circle, which is what's the minimum quality of life that you want for every individual on, on the planet. It's kind of just equitable healthy life and 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 the zone the sustainable zone looks like a donut. Mm-hmm. it is that bit in the middle mm-hmm. and and there is a new model in the making there that has min max in it so it's not max mm-hmm. <laughs> something mm-hmm. but it is min max and mm-hmm. um, and how these things relate to each other and how you create a working model mm-hmm. is yeah somebody's going to going to figure that out or a group of people will figure that out mm-hmm. and that that will i am absolutely convinced in a hundred years from now that will people will think oh in economics something happened like happened in physics when einstein came along Oof. we knew something and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we knew something completely different mm-hmm. and we kind of wondered how the hell did we ever get stuck on that initial thinking <laughs> that's it, that's it. Can't, yeah. wait, can't wait for that how yeah, yeah. How, how come like because for Listen. a long time i was like why and i and i know a number of of my friends who you know are very concerned about climate and quality of life they kind of don't really understand why Let's say you take the 10 richest people on the planet and then you distribute their wealth across the whole thing and then everything is yeah. fine and everyone's eating and then the planet's fine and stuff like mm. that. So, and I, I kind of like to say or believe that I understand why that can't, doesn't work. But, but beyond people going back to what you were saying with value of money and then people having that and then not having the value of money because they haven't necessarily worked for it and then just having like like you know UBI mm-hmm. and stuff like that how come you can't is are you able to explain to an idiot like me why that isn't a viable economic model or why that isn't even really a model or why the where the opposite happens why it is that some people seem to collect it all and the vast majority mm. doesn't Pareto. Well, anyone who plays Monopoly, so in Monopoly, imagine a world where we all started off 
but chance just deals slightly differently. And so you hit a few very profitable grounds. And, and in Monopoly, when you play it, you almost inevitably get an outcome where one or two players own the board and rake in everything. everything and the others are impoverished. Mm-hmm. They, and, and even if they had an initially good position, just because you held slightly better grounds and chance was slightly in their favor, um, it's kind of... It, the success begets success. And so... And we don't have a mechanism, a, a, a self-regulating mechanism in any of our systems, in my view, that kind of says, if, if you get to, if you own that intellectual property or you own that land or you own this or you own that, we've got a way of redistributing that intrins- innately, automatically, mm-hmm. to, to the benefit of a wider community. Mm-hmm. Um, or we have these feedback loops uh, where if you get something and then success begets success and then you got more success and more success and more success mm-hmm. and and on the other side you go nowhere you still go nowhere and you're and still even further or less nowhere and you're miffed about going nowhere and that's yeah. a very different economic model and 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 so lots of people that come from the western world will think of that as socialism communism and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. And people that don't come from there will think of it as community and sharing and cooperation mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the words don't exist yet because the words socialism and communism are heavily loaded mm-hmm. and, and people certainly talk about it in America. But if you if we could reframe them and, and, and remodel them as cooperation and community and then might get maybe somewhere mm-hmm. in a slightly different place. And mm-hmm. when you go to certain communities in Asia, that comes for far more natural to them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they got that far more instinctively to work together on certain mm-hmm. things and share. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, there's this one experiment that's well known, and they've done it in many places around the world. It's two people, one gets 100 quid or whatever, and it has to propose to the other how to divide the 100 quid, the ultimatum mm-hmm. game, I think it's called. And... Um, if the other party agrees with the split, then it happens. If the other party doesn't agree with the split, the money's lost for both parties. And the split is very different in across the world. The world. Mm. And so in societies that naturally collaborate and, and where they're reliant on each other, um, smaller communities, more isolated often, the split is far more equitable than in societies where they're all strangers to each other um, mm. and, and, and we haven't found a model yet where we can say we have ways that, that are embedded in society that if too much gets accumulated mm. in one place, we can redistribute it. Yeah, that's it. The words that we currently have for it, uh, progressive taxation, mm-hmm. um, these types of things, people don't like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They vote against it. Mm-hmm. They don't think about the benefit that might arise and it just... You, know, you go in America and you say, "Oh, we should have some socialist ideas." Uh, Bang! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> end of conversation. So, that's, it. <laughs> right. that's it. That's it. In certain places, end of conversation. Full stop. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but maybe if we could find words around community and collaboration and, mm-hmm. and, and some kind of a joint enterprise idea, mm-hmm. 
And it depends how it's redistributed as well. It depends what kind of good we are talking about, accumulation, if it's just money, if it's mm. just intellectual property, if it's actually ground, land, if it's uh, industrial machinery, yeah. if it's all those kind of stuff. How is it we redistribute the accumulation? Because yeah. obviously, the person... Because that's the whole thing, really. The whole communist uh, problem with uh, uh, with um, mm. yeah. uh, the view is that it's all, always the same people who have the wealth and always the same people who don't have it. But actually, the wealth is never in the hand of the same people because mm -hmm. across time, it always varies in a way. Mm -hmm. So the shift... Like, I don't know, Elon Musk, if he's had like 12 kids from five different women, he's possibly gonna have all his wealth being divided at one stage. And are his offspring who are gonna be millionaires instead of billionaires? Are they gonna be able to have the same clout and the same way of doing and the same risk taking than him, really, in a way? And, and that's a bit the whole is redistributing at his level the whole wealth that is accumulated and are people who, who are even getting it are going to be able to inheritance I think yeah. that inheritance way of doing uh, in, in, in France at one stage it was the oldest boy who was getting it all and then the last boy was going in, uh, in as a monk and then one who was going in the army and the stuff in order not to divide The estate. The estate and the whole thing. So there was ways that had been put in the this middle age way mm -hmm. of doing, really. But mm. it's maybe quite an interesting... I don't know. Yeah. Is the firstborn the one who's got the most clout and the intellectual um, way of actually keeping it together, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's another story, okay? So the fact that it's Lene, I'm not, uh, the oldest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like the blood type thing. I'm the blood... I'm, You know, Abraham yeah. has got two, two, two kids and he's got two kids with different women. And then uh, the first one is from an illegitimate woman, but he's the first one. And the one is a, the second one is a blood one. So I'm the blood one. No, but I'm the first one. And then it never ends, really. Okay. But there was models to actually already do those kind of stuff, really. And in, in inheritance is really splitting the whole thing very much, really. And, Uh, one of the child he might not do as well as the others and one might piss it against the wall and things like that really and uh, anyway there's, there's, there's loads of ways and I think when you, we talk about redistribution like that I think the, when you think about um, Richard Branson mm -hmm. let, let's talk about Richard Branson and then you In a, you inheriting Richard Branson's life and, and, and his, and, and all what comes with it. Yeah. How, how fast do you vomit in the morning when you wake up thinking about the day you're going to have, in a way? And I think that's the faster the you do because you have to have the board meeting, all the decisions, you got all those planes, the trains, the stuff, the thing, all the wall. How many jobs there is at stake, all the rest, the livelihood of people, all those kind of stuff, really, the banking part of it. Not that it does it all, but the, oh yeah, he's earning lots of money. And he's like, well, yeah, but he's waking up at half past five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at six o'clock, he's already uh, doing emails and dang, 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 meetings, 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 the price, the things, the stuff. And at uh, 1700, he's not putting his feet under the thing because he carries on till bloody late. And mm -hmm. it's every day, every day. So I think we, we see the end product at times. But if you, 
how many times he failed his business and he had to bring mm -hmm. it back. Like Trump, we all, we all have a go at Trump because he's, <laughs> he's seemingly a bit of a weird uh, oddity. But it makes it too easy. As, as a business person... Well, uh, we can still do it. As a business person, you think about it, in the 80s, did you want to go to New York in the 80s? Not really. Mm -hmm. And it's at the time where he bought all the real estate in uh, the Trump Tower, all those kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it adds, uh, and he lost it all and he got it all back. Mm -hmm. All those kind of stuff. You think about it. It's, there's some people are really. So that, that's the competence part of it in a way. Yeah. And, and, and there is, a, there is room to actually talk about competence and, 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 What is it? How is it we extract the competence out of people in a way? Yeah. But what's interesting about these examples is that they do that because the system that sits uh -huh. behind it allows for it. It's conducive. Actually yeah, yeah. promotes it mm. yeah, yeah. because it's about the American capitalist system. It's about yeah. taking risk, earning a return. It's yeah. growth. It's the growth. Growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the banks and this and that, they're all there mm -hmm. to help this enterprise. That's it. That's it. That's it. If, If they were in Bhutan, and yeah. I don't know anything about Bhutan, yeah. but if that the measure is national happiness, <laughs> I would suspect that the finance industry isn't sitting there waiting no. to help an individual well, build it. an empire. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Because how do you reconcile that with national happiness? That's it, that's it, that's it. You can't. Not. And then all of a sudden, that competence will end up being directed in a different way. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and I think that's... To me, that's, I find that always an interesting. All people are competent, but the system has to be a bit stacked in their favor or uh -huh. in the direction of their competence so or the their aspiration. The dice, a bit. Yeah, yeah. If the system is not stacked in your favor, the system is much bigger yeah, 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 and yeah. much more powerful uh -huh. than an individual. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there is money and fame and power and position all available for people that want to pursue business growth or economic growth. Uh -huh, That's uh -huh. what we're geared to, to make do, happen. Make up in. Okay, yeah. good. Um, if you change that, and I think there is now donut economics, you just, just mentioned it, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and people like this guy here arguing yeah. with zombies, Paul Krugman, yeah. they want to change that system. Imagine that takes hold. Mm -hmm. Other heroes will arise. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Other skills and competences different directions will be valued mm, that's it that's it and but we're not there yet yet uh, but i think we are being forced there because we're starting to figure out actually not all of this is good and as mm. a matter of fact some of it is and then there's a wall bad and then, the, and then the wall at the end of the road there's a wall anyway yeah. we know yeah. there's a wall there's, there's like it's like a parapet there's no other way really yeah <laughs> or a ditch even and we have to because you know Trump went on about all these people that were going to migrate away from from Central America and come to... They will, because the reason that they migrated, the, the um, what, I can't remember their names now, Duff, the, the, the people that won the Nobel Prize last year in uh -huh. economics, they studied that quite intensely. Badger D, oh, I forget the names. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm terrible with names. Uh -huh. um, they, they studied that and they figured out None of these people actually want to move. Mm -hmm. People have a great 
affinity with the place where they grew up and where they lived. But they're moving because the harvests are failing because of climate change. And so they have to, there's, there's no livable existence that mm -hmm. can be, it's obviously not helped by corruption and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it's a key driver is that most people don't want to move. When mm -hmm. you ask them, they don't want to, but they are because. And so we're going to have to change a lot of that thinking because the changes are pushing us towards saying national boundaries are a bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Because what if you live in a place where normal life becomes really quite difficult mm -hmm. because pollution has created X, Y, Z. Not pollution, it comes from you guys. So mm -hmm. Pollution comes from over there. <laughs> <laughs> But you, uh, you know, talk to the guys in the, the famous example in the Maldives, right? Mm -hmm. um, the water level is not rising because of what they do in the Maldives. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. They will be the ones that, that have to move. Have to yeah, yeah. Have to swim. Inui. Oh, I'd never even thought of that, of course. Inui. And so to accommodate all of that, we can't have that model of, of, of pure ownership. This is my bit. Mm -hmm. it's, my, it's all mine. Mm -hmm. And there's the boundary. And then you come and overstep it and whatever. We're going to have to change. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how, in the end, that model will look like. But I do think that we are starting to see the first, the green shoots of that. Of that. Mm -hmm. well, I, that. And, and the pandemic will probably accelerate it mm -hmm. because it's created a crisis and out of a crisis comes innovative mm -hmm. thinking and comes change. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the opposite part of it because it's always a bit of a bell curve and there's another, another uh, extreme. People get nationalistic to the hilt and it's a fascist way of doing. Mm. Therefore, your boundaries, your uh, borders, your people, your economy, mm -hmm. your thing. So you cling on to the mm -hmm. whole thing and you try to expel as many of the rodents and the cockroaches that you think uh, and the pathogens. <laughs> But that's a normal human reaction. Right? <laughs> if you feel left behind and if you feel devalued mm -hmm. and if you looked forward to a future that was going to be a happy retirement and <laughs> the world wasn't going to change. And, and I sometimes yeah, yeah. have this in my mind so here in the UK. Here in the UK, we adore the NHS. Mm -hmm. But imagine that in 30 years time from now when my quality of life may not be that great anymore because mm -hmm. I'll be whatever, mm -hmm. coming up for 80. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that, say the NHS doesn't exist anymore for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Things, now, I can't conceive a future where that's the case. Mm -hmm. but if that were, and so this starts happening. People that were working in the steel industry in the 60s, they probably thought, well, like my dad before me, and, mm -hmm. and my, it's just, I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, things shift, and you feel left behind, and you're angry. Mm -hmm. Anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dejection. My NI, all my NI uh, contribution, and in, in 30 years' time, when I'm 80 as well, and I have to actually go for a hip replacement, and they tell me, uh uh, sorry, you're gonna have to pay the check, yeah. and that's where the cash point is. And, <laughs> and most, it's like, uh, Yeah, in most countries where these, these movements take hold, when you look at history, almost always before they took hold, there was a period of misery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascism took place in Germany Money, uh, uh, because Germany got punished, punished really hard after the first eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month. And, and, and they, tragedy. They scraped by, mm -hmm. and they felt lots of people that didn't promote the war and didn't possibly even have any involvement with mm -hmm. it felt really hard done by, not treated humanely. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, 
And that, and then the Marshall Plan, obviously, after the Second World War, was a bit alarming to say, let's not do that again. Again, is, is, that, it, is it? That, that, that wasn't very clever. <laughs> um, but now it just manifests itself in other ways. Now mm-hmm. we find that jobs have disappeared, and, and you get mm-hmm. these economic wastelands in America. You've got quite a lot of them. Mm, you bet. Some people will say that we've got them here in, in, the, in UK the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in France, I'm sure you've got them mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And 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 the first reaction, as I said, when I lost my job, was one of of anger. It's kind of, well, anger is possibly an overstatement in my case, but certainly mm-hmm. dejection, and mm-hmm. and and that's easy to fuel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and other behaviors, other uh, things, other health limiting yeah. things, other um, financial decisions, other bits and bobs, really. Yeah, and, no and doubt, my, no doubt. My, the reason why I come back to it is because I said it a bit earlier. I think you almost want to make that part of any new economic model. Mm. The fact that if people have to go through change, mm-hmm. you change the goals and whatever. Mm-hmm. There is, in that systems thinking, there mm-hmm. is an element of dealing with anger and uh, yeah. rejection and demotivation and mm-hmm. depression and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody thinks about that at this time. It's mm-hmm. kind of social care or you know, somewhere over there. That's it, that's it, that's it. But it's going to be, I think, a big equation, mm-hmm. a big part of the equation, mm-hmm. whatever that equation ends up looking like, mm-hmm. um, if we want to not unnecessarily go through that phase mm-hmm. because we'll go through it and then you come out of it you know a generation later that's it that's it, it works its way through the system at some mm-hmm. stage or another people move on mm-hmm. people die uh, but ideally certainly with the type of changes that we're looking at you try and minimize it as well mm-hmm. just rather avoid it than having to deal with, with it for it. a generation <laughs> and that's a tough one and we see this here in the north south discussion mm-hmm. in the uk Yeah, yeah. How do you go? Well, there's, yeah, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. How's that part of our economic thinking? That's it, that's it, that's it. Because leveling up is easy to say. Mm-hmm. Level up. Yeah, yeah, it's the UK, but actually it's not. There's the North and the South, and then the, there's people with jobs, there's people without jobs, there's people who are myths, there's people who are happy. There's, there's always a divide where we can find it, really. Because that's, that's the thing a bit about. But it's a redistribution yeah. model, right? Leveling up. But what, how does it work? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it work? That's yeah. it. That's, that's it. it. It's all very well saying that, but you've got to come up with something tangible. Growth is easy, right? Growth is, and 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 and, and, and economic growth, as it's been defined in a capitalist system, is mm-hmm. quite easy. Mm-hmm. You have an asset, you try and make it worth more. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's reflected in price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You um, can borrow a bit more. You yeah. can do no, no, it's collateralized, but it's it's about the value of an asset and price and so forth. But leveling up, what is that about? Mm-hmm. What does it? What does leveling up mean? Well, the But, way I've understood it is that it means. Um, to kind of level the economic and human well-being in the north, however mm-hmm. defined, yeah. um, both level well-being mm-hmm. and north, however, <laughs> however defined, <laughs> yeah. to the economic well-being and human well-being in the south, however they're defined, however defined, and you will ask different people what is well-being for you, and you'll probably get very different answers. So that. Therein starts your first problem and coming mm-hmm. up with a policy, an economic policy to make mm-hmm. that happen is what the hell does it mean? Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and because there will be pockets in the south that look suspiciously like the north. No, and the, the north. No, uh, looking at the south. People north. have different aspirations and different uh, feelings about well-being and what matters and what doesn't matter. And so that's when you talk about leveling up, you're talking about figuring out a, a model that makes that happen as a as a natural system. System, that's, that's it. In, in without too much resistance. Yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. that people buy into and say. Yeah. Yes, in, that's in great. Bhutan, you can say, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how the Bhutan system works, but yeah, yeah. The, the kind of national happiness is is seemingly something people have bought into, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the whole infrastructure of the country is is organizing itself around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they probably don't talk about kind of. Uh, risk and volatility and mm -hmm. returns that mm -hmm. talk about something else. Yeah, so that's it, that's it, that's it. What is, is that it? pillow talk mm -hmm. that goes on in Bhutan? I've never so, been, so I don't know. Uh, so so weird, isn't it? How like because like, it's, 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 it's almost it's like weird it, to us. Yeah, but it, it's, 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 that's why it's weird. It's, yeah. it's weird that it is odd to us in that it's like we're talking about these words and these words, but over there they're talking about that. What is it? <laughs> what are they talking about over there? And it's like. Why? Why can't we be having those discussions in the yeah. in the UK? Well, growth was an alien concept. It's it's the Italian merchants that had that, that kind of saddled us with us because mm -hmm. you couldn't borrow money until what the fourteen fifteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. So there was growth was never, never. talked about, mm -hmm. and then you the, couldn't speculate. It was from Christian things, or you could have a few Jews you could borrow money from, but yeah. it was really little, little sums. There was so you, no bank. Yeah, you couldn't leverage yourself up to kind of take a risk and try and make more, because where would it come from? Nobody wanted to give you some stuff, to, to money or, or an asset or whatever. And then these Italian merchants in, in, in the northern cities of Italy developed a model of they had some excess money and well, we'll, we'll, we'll lend that to you. Mm -hmm. And now you could buy a ship and that ship could go and mm -hmm. do some stuff mm -hmm. and come back with. And with that created quarantine as well. Yeah. Because they didn't want their asset when the ship was coming back uh, to port and they were doing the stuff. They were putting everybody in quarantine because they didn't want the bloody plague in their whole lot because their investment would be so risk assessment, all those kind yeah. of stuff really. And quarantine is, quarantina is uh, an Italian word. And I can tell you, you'll go on the island, you'll say one door in, one door out. And if you come out, great. If you don't, great. It doesn't really matter because they want to protect their asset. And they want to protect their boat yeah. and the whole lot. And this. But it, it's interesting, isn't it? So take 1400, I don't know exactly when it was. Mm -hmm. The concept of growth didn't exist at all. You had your field mm -hmm. and you tried to grow your whatever it was on it. Mm -hmm. and, and you just hoped that you could feed yourself and possibly your neighbor or whatever. But that was about it. Then growth comes into the equation. But it's a measure amongst other measures. That there's no overriding concept that it's all around growth. And then growth itself has probably only come in... 1750s? Yeah, I would say even later. Later, 1800. Even later, mm -hmm. um, where it becomes the single defining measure of success. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's probably no more than 100 years old, 150 mm -hmm. tops. Mm-hmm. But it's completely and utterly seduced us. Mm. We want tomorrow to be better and we want to have means at our disposal to make tomorrow better. And if we have to 
then pay somebody back for that. That's just innate behavior now. Mm -hmm. To weaning us off it and making mm -hmm. an innate behavior something else mm -hmm. is is interesting for it's sure. It's a drug. And, that, and Bhutan, obviously, is possibly the first country in the world that says, hey, you know, there is an alternative and we're experimenting with it. And I don't know what the results are, but mm -hmm. I, I wish them really a lot of success with it. That's it, that's it. Mm. Being the, the only one. But they are, they are quite isolated. They um, have got small population. They've got small infrastructure. They don't have many roads, mm. all those kind of stuff. So they are a bit, they are in that. Uh, they, have, they have the opportunity to try it out. They so have an opportunity that. to try it out. They're not it, a big node in a system. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's they it. They are right on China the trying that would be like toppling the rest of the world. So everybody ends up being kind of <laughs> interdependent to each other already, in a way. Mm. And that's a bit the tricky part. But the whole leveling up, I wanted to go back yeah, to that yeah. a bit because I think it's quite an interesting concept because we, we know that the North is a little bit more on a hold more socialist views and conservative views in a way. Mm -hmm. And we know that the South hold more conservative views and socialist views in a way. And we were talking about the big five um, mm -hmm. um, a bit and the whole conscientiousness aspect of it really. So if you are uh, conservative, you're uh, quite conscientious, you're not very agreeable and you're not very open to new experience. And if you're a bit more on the socialist side, you're a bit more, you're less conscientious, you're more agreeable and you're more open to new exper uh, experience in a way. And conscientiousness is one of the best with IQ mm. uh, um, metrics to um, assess socioeconomic success. Mm. So all of a sudden, are we seeing a divide in conscientiousness between the North and the South? Instead of looking at money, instead of looking at political type views, all those kind of stuff, is there more conscientious people down in the South of the UK than there is in the North, in a way? And therefore, what do we want with the covid Mm -hmm. We want to wear a mask. We want to wash our hands every time. We try to social distance. We try to uh, keep to certain bubbles, all those kind of things, really. So you need to be quite conscientious to be able to uh, respect that in a way and, and, and not super agreeable as well, really. So you have to be a little bit... You see what I mean, really? So yeah. there's, there's, there's going to be... Uh, pods of people there's going to be men and women there's going to be yeah. <laughs> uh, people who think that the state needs to be the one taking over some of the responsibility and therefore it, they can delegate quite a lot of their responsibility to the state and others are going to be like I don't want the state to take those kind of responsibilities and then all the people in the middle really Yeah, that's a bit the tricky part. So, because I, I would say I'm quite uh, conservative, but I hold quite a lot of socialist views in a way. And at times, I'm quite happy for the state to <laughs> to have the responsibility to look after the grid and the water and all those kind of stuff, or which they've delegated to private mm -hmm. companies, whatever and things. So I don't have to clean my own water. I don't have. <laughs> I mean, really. So there's loads of stuff. I'm really happy mm -hmm. who is actually pushed on to somebody. But other part, I'm like. Well, Whoa, 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 too far here, guys. I want that to be my responsibility because it's. I find that he has more values for me to have that responsibility because I can uh, leverage it better to get towards happiness in a way. Yeah. 
And that's how is it we're going to leverage that in a way because it's that, that the behavioral part, which mm. which game are we all going to be able to get in that has got different rules in order of, because we all play the game yeah. at the moment, really. In a way, we all play the game. Whether we are happy about playing it or we are discontent about being in it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, really. And which game is it that is going to... What are going to be the new rules? And the rule of actually growth is just like... That's it. It's like... Uh, it's cocaine, really. It's mm. like we, you want... When you have a bit, you want even more. And when you've got more, you want even more. Mm. That's a bit the whole... How tempting the whole thing is. It's dopaminergic... Because yeah. cocaine is dop dopaminergic uh, substance, really. And that's motivating you even more. And the more motivated you are, the more you want the whole uh, thing. And the more the behavior is being... Be, uh, uh, that yeah. thing, really. Yeah. It comes down, I guess, to what we value as a society. What, what do we give value to? To, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Because uh, I'm sure uh, we talk about the North, obviously, from the... From the south. So yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much in the south there. That's it, that's it. Is that I'm, sh I'm sure there are things that are... Uh, I, I don't know the north that well. Uh -huh. uh, just actually never really worked in this country. Um, uh -huh. But there, I'm sure there are things that just naturally come a lot easier and better. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure people are more outward going. More that's open, it. More but that's it, more open to... That's yeah, it, that's it, that's and, it. And, I I believe that this is the case, but I'm not 100% sure that the creative industries gr thrive a mm. lot easier. Easier up north. north. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because people are just naturally mm -hmm. more spontaneous. Moving the BBC to Birmingham and to Manchester yeah. and things like that yeah. is actually quite a good move because actually the art, that's the thing really. The art is a bit better represented. You know, like uh, Hull was one of the uh, city of art, and everybody's like, Hull is such a shit. And then you looked at the program, and then you're like, wow, actually, that was really awesome. And there's a prejudice and the bigotry about the view, really. Yeah. Like, as a French person, you talk to me about Hull, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Good luck. And then, actually. You are so French. Yeah, that's it, 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 that's it. That's it, that's it. <laughs> so from a French point of view really yeah. and, and but I, I mean I had that perspective my brother went to Hull for uni and I was like well, what really yeah is that the only place you could get into mate <laughs> and, and he had a good time yeah yeah, 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 yeah. he had a great time yeah but a lot of the creative industries I think the fashion industry is by and large now based in Birmingham because uh -huh. you like edge right if you want change if you mm -hmm. want to yeah. have new ideas you've got to play to edge to a bit to misery to kind uh -huh. of people being angry that makes militant yeah and that's energy that's it that's it that's that it. energy if you can get that translated into something that's mm -hmm. uh -huh. that, that, that can be valued yeah, yeah. can be appreciated that's it that's it I shouldn't say valued because that's the growth team again that's it that's it, it. appreciate it can be part of a human well-being that's it Nice. <laughs> well, I don't know where that goes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but it's, 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 it's better than value, I guess. It's where, well, whatever. Conversation people, again. Uh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's words and words get meanings. And, mm. and we just, I think, haven't got some good words yet that, that people can say that's universally a good thing. Mm. And it can be approached from a number of angles. And I can kind of say, well, that's what mm. I, But I, 
it's probably the whole change is or leveling up is going to be how do you how can value be ascribed how can well-being be ascribed to things that come far more natural there and if if wealth and land aren't the key key that's it that's it drivers of success <laughs> but it is creativity and it is <laughs> your ability to to do social goods <laughs> um, to, to kind of make contributions to a community because <laughs> uh, a lot of you know this famous saying right that no businessman would ever be successful if you had to mind the children for the first few hours of the day and is that next thing it's it's because you can manage a system and you can bring in some help but it's very difficult to bury your Richard Branson's scenario mm-hmm. imagine that there were three children that needed feeding mm-hmm. that thing that you were just describing going to happen and, and yes, none of it, that is, is really in the economic equation Ecosion, that's it that's it that's, that's free labor mm-hmm. and then COVID when I, I am the chair of a parish council kind of mobilized to go and make, bring food parcels to the mm-hmm. to the, the yeah, shield and whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we actually never had to do anything because neighbors took care of it all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there we are, planning for a mass military operation. Not. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked all very amateurish. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, it wasn't necessary. The neighbors took care of it all. And I'm sure people ate a lot better than they could have probably eaten from the packages that we would have distributed. Uh, but none's that recognized at the moment. And I think the North probably has a lot more to offer on that. On that, yes, that's, 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 that's social. Than here, because here people are in their little properties and mm-hmm. boundaries yeah. and my hedge is my fence. Yeah. One, one <laughs> member of my family, I shall name that member of my family, says it's no surprise that the coronavirus, certainly in the initial stages, didn't take hold in Bath at all because people just hide in their just sit in their big houses are not particularly social that's it that's Brandon it Jane Austen didn't like Bath at all it's <laughs> <laughs> a miserable place that's hilarious because people weren't very social and that and, but in the north they are that's it that's possibly one of the reasons why uh, coronavirus is but that's it that's it that's it that's it north than it is here there's just more social people full stop <laughs> whereas we sit in our properties and and we wait. That's it. That's it. That's it. Degree of envy that they got a new car. Maybe we should get one too. And then put a plan together to earn a little bit more, provide more value to get that car. Yeah, that's right. They say when somebody wins the the lottery, one of the ways that you can find out that they've won the lottery is to see the neighbours because the neighbours they don't want to fall too far behind in the social comparison and they will we'll buy new cars buy new cars wow it's, it's not not just look at the behaviour of the lottery winners we know invariably indeed as you say get a bit more miserable yeah. but actually look a bit further, further out, out and you see a lot of social effects apparently ah. because everybody knows oh, okay, yeah. Oh God! Come really on, really look, look so poor. So we'll buy a new car too. Uh-huh. Well, I think this uh, when we first started talking about. Well, Alexi and I started talking about this kind of stuff. Num- number or Alexi started talking about this kind of stuff a, a while ago, and I was like, I don't have anyone who's talking like to have these conversations with. She started talking about them, and Alexi was talk- he always used the comparison of cars. And you were for a while, I think you spoke a couple of times about trainers and trainers hit such a big chord for me because mm. they're, they're quite, in, in my opinion, quite expensive. And um, a lot of my, uh, I think I'm right in saying a lot of my generation, but certainly a lot of my friends have a 
a number of pairs of expensive trainers and I'm like, how on earth have you afforded all, all of those? And then when we were talking about once Alexi was saying about how you you, on, you only buy those trainers to be to fit into that group mm-hmm. because the the value of those trainers is only dictated by if the group that you hang around with or want to be associated with mm-hmm. and wear those trainers and like them. And yeah, mm-hmm. obviously there's crossovers of people in different groups and different circles and stuff. But as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, trainers are really stupid. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really interesting. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've spent money on shoes and will do again in the future. But as soon as I started having those conversations, then the same thing about a brand new car, like, some people really stretching themselves with financial payment plans and stuff like that, just so that they can go around in a little bubble. It's like, it's it's really, wow, yeah, it's interesting. When I was working at the bank, I had a a colleague working for me in in the teams and he was a really exceptional individual, exceptional. And so I thought, I'm going to promote him, as as you do. And... um, uh, I'm going to call him John. His name is not John. Mm-hmm. He's got a good Flemish name. <laughs> and so we promoted him and gave him a bit more salary. And he kind of came out of the meeting. And about an hour or two, he was back and said he was not happy. And what he wanted was, could you take the salary down and give me a bigger car? Mm. Because... The way that his neighborhood could see that he was successful oh. had nothing to do with the bank account that oh. nobody Whoever I has own. access to, has an eye oh. on, but everything to do with the car that's in the drive. Oh. And, and we had a real problem because I worked in a bank and banks tend to have very tiered scales of benefits. <laughs> and that BMW that he'd so desperately wanted... Was on the next tier. Was on the next tier, exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> And so this whole trade-off of, yeah, but he'll, he'll lower his salary. Actually, the bank will do well out of it because mm-hmm. we could basically not give him a salary increase at all. <laughs> um, and I had to, because you know, for him, that became the core, core discussion. Forget about salary, forget about title, forget about anything. I just want to, in my social group, where we compare success against each other, And so, in the end, I managed to get there. I managed to get the The rules of the scheme scheme relaxed. (laughs) For the individual. And I, for the next few years, had one of the most motivated employees that I've ever Ever seen. seen. Well, cars, very important. Trainers, very important. Key identifiers of Mm -hmm. success Mm -hmm. and standing and Mm -hmm. appreciation. So when I b- bought the banger I'm driving at the moment for 1,000 quid and I got to the school and I spoke to some of the dads, they were like, oh, are, that's, is that your new car? I'm like, no, it's not really a new car. You can see it's all scratched and battered. Sorry, mate. It's not really new, but yeah, it's the latest car. <laughs> and so like, and you, they were like, okay. Oh. But after a while, you could really see they were really... How much did you say you you paid for it? Oh, okay, one thousand pound. Oh, that okay, good. Oh, and then you could see starting the maths were starting to happen in a way. And then you're like, 
after the initial shame of having a shit car all scratched and my kids wondering how I was going to take them to school. <laughs> Are you going to take us to school in a night? <laughs> after all that, I think everybody was a little bit like, oh, actually, I wish I could. I was not embroiled into that into that circle and that way of looking at the whole social status from the car mm. already because the money I could save for gaining that which is not mm -hmm. really very real would actually could go somewhere else really in yeah. a way mm -hmm. and, 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 and one of the guys said I, I would never be able to do that my missus would kill me if I was to actually come up uh, at home with a car like that really Because that was really, so possibly she was really about the status of the wallet and then the neighbors and things like that, really. And he would not be able, despite him maybe wanting and seeing the perk from financial and maybe mm -hmm. like, we could have a better holiday or we could, I don't know, like whatever, go skiing in the, uh, uh, at Christmas or those kind of stuff, really. And, and I, that was quite an interesting little social experiment in a way yeah. of, of doing it. And then how sh shamed, Uh, everybody were, or how everybody was trying to shame me in a way or, or highlight the fact that the car was really but after you're like it's 60 miles per gallon it's 90 quid a tax a year I do like 1000 quid and then I can burn it if I get drunk and I can burn it on the whole lot and I buy another one yeah <laughs> <laughs> and people are like oh shit no you can't do that with your car it's like well yeah I can actually because it's not it's mine and 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 it's you know Like, so you're trying to build a value perception around that freedom. That freedom, do, that's it. Because lots, that's it. if you were mightily wealthy, yeah. people would think he, is so, he, he can be so arrogant to drive with an old clapper that that's it. uh, it's a sign of just ultimate power and wealth. Wealth, yeah. if, that's if, it. If, and then often, you know, you see this in, in entrepreneurial circles, people are billionaires and they're dressed as scruffily as you you know they look mm -hmm. like tramps yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's exactly the point that's it i don't have to give a shit that's it that's it that's it i can't swear can i yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you can you can <laughs> um and so your your problem is a value perception shift mm -hmm. problem alexis you've got to somehow yeah, yeah. that's it that's it that's it no i'm really give, happy with that give value to your alternative that everybody actually becomes a bit envious and think actually you know what yeah that's, yeah, yeah. that's liberating I, th i think yeah i think people do look at it that way though because i or they some people can look at it that way because um i hope she won't mind me saying but um my my girlfriend like you know many girls uh likes to spend money on clothes and as soon as you start uh, i like to really uh reduce the the glamour of a nice of of clothes down mm -hmm. to what what it can be if you look at it in a certain way you know both things are true yeah. like yeah and and for people who like myself who has just started to save a little bit of money and don't have maybe lo loads of money to be spending on quite expensive items you know i i like i have an expensive taste in in a certain way shoes but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, don't, don't, don't look at my shoes don't judge me for my shoes <laughs> but and obviously they're not, not expensive tonight. and these are actually given to me free by the way and uh, but if if I'm spending money on that when I'm younger then if a situation like Covid comes along and mm. you know if we have it 
again next year, is the government going to be able to give me 80% of my salary again for however long? And if it's, if it's literally lethal and deadly, then what does that look like? And maybe it's a, it's a stronger uh, aim for younger people almost to, because essentially what you're doing a little bit is, is and that that you described with entrepreneurs is, is essentially peacocking at how much you're out of that system. Yeah. You're really bragging about how much you're out of that system. Mm-hmm. But maybe for younger people, that's quite an interesting uh, thing to maybe aspire to a little bit because then you're not, you're not, well, spending your money on things that aren't don't have any tr- intrinsic value once you've bought them, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But if it makes you feel good, yeah. the, the vast majority of baby boomers um, won't have enough money to get through mm-hmm. their retirement. Mm-hmm. And by the time we get to a slightly further advanced age, the world will have changed so much that whatever skill or wealth we've got is not going to be particularly meaningful in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I always say to my kids, don't envy it because in 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you'll pity us. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know anything about synthetic biology or coding or all of these new things. CRISPR. Yeah, all of these new things that are, that are coming thick and fast now mm-hmm. that are going to define the wealth and the well-being and, and, the, and the way the world works mm-hmm. in not long from now, mm-hmm. maybe a bit longer than a decade, but I don't think it will be two decades. Mm-hmm. And so what I think at the moment is a nice stash of money. In, mm-hmm. It may not be worth everybody back in the 70s that had a bit of money thought that well, it's probably not so bad. And now they're yeah, house prices have risen mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's not a lot of money anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think we're at this. When I was a was young girl when I came out of university, it was all very predictable because in some ways you would almost do what your father was going to do. Mm-hmm. And actually, my first choice, because my dad was in the airline business, is I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> On hindsight. It's a farewell of hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that didn't come to pass. My <laughs> eyesight wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. I was too short-sighted. <laughs> or were you long-sighted, actually? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and at the time, you still needed 20-20 vision. So mm. I wasn't going to make it. And so I went to do something else. Um, but what I think is happening now and which is in some ways why it's a really exciting time to be young mm-hmm. younger is that this it's ch- everything's changing fast everything's fast, fast fast yeah and and careers that you know my career was going to be a very traditional career so I came out of piloting never went in it but so I knocked on mm-hmm. the door wasn't opened so I went to do something else and then, sure enough, when I was at university, P&G and the likes came recruiting. I worked for a few months for them. Um, then did some consulting, went into... Yeah. And yeah, it was almost perfectly predictable. Mm-hmm. Because if you studied engineering and economics, that's... That's certainly, certainly what, what you're going to do. Yeah. And, and if you'd asked me, I would have said, oh, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Right? And uh, I'll do that till I'm 65 and retired. Then I'll retire with the defined benefits 
plan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that'd be it, really. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Well, none of that's come to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I think, when I look at, and I have three children, and, and they're all kind of just out of university or on the first, they're doing stuff that, that I think is so exciting and can contribute so much value to a future society that I have no doubt that they will be very comfortably off mm-hmm. in... 15, 20, 20 years yeah. whereas we had a very easy start but a difficult end mm-hmm. I think they had a very difficult start mm-hmm. but I can see a period of growth mm-hmm. once the world has, has flipped over to these new models mm-hmm. that where they would be able because the problems they can solve are of such magnitude and importance mm-hmm. that they will be valued incredibly mm-hmm. highly not necessarily be? in absolute money mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. But in recognition, in in in, in well-being, Cloud. in status, yeah. in rec- all sorts of stuff. In in almost future currency. In f- ah, I think I've never heard that said like that, but I think that is a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah, in future currency. No, nice. the whole. Um, but it's all about sacrifice as well, really. So, and, well, and that's and, al- that's almost what I was going to come on to because I, I was it. saying about um, say, like part. saving money and stuff, but then. I guess the the real thing for me is saving money has come from a bike product of me learning how to actually work, how to, to sacrifice. And it's almost Time. like the, the, the saving of the, the money is like no one can take away my, my me learning how I work, my work ethic now. And even if future, you know, even if the future currency isn't pounds in my bank account, then it's... Could probably, hopefully, going to look like a little bit like that with these other things, like recognition and stuff like that. I think that would be mm. that would be beautiful, and but mm. no one's going to be able to take away my my ability to sacrifice time for whatever that future currency sort of looks mm. like. Yeah, it could be part of a community that cares. I mean, people never worried about retirement because mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. to care of them the square so or the idea uh, that you'd have to save to the hilt in order mm-hmm. to just then was never really a problem until I, the last hundred years that's I, it, that's I it, literally it. had this conversation with my dad uh, just hours ago because oh. he's in a situation where he, he runs post offices he's like post, the future of the post office doesn't look particularly strong he also is a in local politics in, in Chippenham and um that doesn't pay obviously like you know particularly well and and I was like good he's he's in a situation where he might have to put some pressure on certain uh essentially like pots of money and and but it's not it's not straightforward as maybe often is the case and I was saying to him like if if when you can't sleep at night when you think about this part of your thought process is around your future and how you're going to be looked after as you get older. You need to try and be comfortable in the fact that as absolutely us kids are always going to be mm. here to look after you. And I, it just, it is really funny that you say that and then you talk about the village green and, and communities and how we maybe need to mm-hmm. have a shift into that direction because literally driving over here, I was like, I'm, I, I, 
I know from what my dad said and I get the feeling that my dad's really, con- he doesn't, he's not thinking like that. He's, he's always thinking about inheritance and mm. the money that he can pass down to the kids. Mm. And at the moment, he's had two failed marriages and as you probably know, they're quite expensive. <laughs> and it's, yeah, as, 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 as my housemate says, well, as, I mean, my working in finance, obviously, my, my housemate says it's, you know, that's an expensive hobby. Mm. And, and bless him, he, I know that he has that thought on his on, on him, and I'm like, it's it's a it, it is a completely different time, and I am looking forward to be able to look after my parents mm-hmm. in their older age as they did in my young age, sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah, if we could get to a more of a community way for those who don't have that, you know, that privilege of having kids who at all or kids who are able to look after them then, well, that might be quite a nice little way to have that. I, I can see that coming. I think when I was young, I couldn't get out of the, my parents' house quickly enough. Mm-hmm. Not because they were bad people, they were very nice people, mm-hmm. but because that was a social norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm exaggerating for effect here. I can't get my kids to leave the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I couldn't get them to get a driver's license either. I got a driver's license the day after my 18th it's birthday. I didn't get it on my birthday because it was Sunday and the... I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. go and take the test <laughs> but it was just that path to freedom um, now I think families are becoming more used to having multi-generations in one house mm-hmm. and I can see which they were used to before yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm thinking well maybe actually just the idea of giving them some cash and, and, and wishing them well Might but, not be the but get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go and see the world is is maybe not the model here. The model is to tailor and, and top and tail the house in such a way that it can rehouse multiple generations. And COVID's been an interesting experiment, right? Because all of a sudden that, Everybody, that came yeah. to pass. And and just to keep investing, and then um, in some ways it just gets naturally invested in the family. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just evolved. Mm-hmm. This concept that there's got to be money and there's got to be an inheritance and, that, uh, and, and a deposit and a this and a that. Maybe that just doesn't come to pass. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, a more social base and everybody works out of there and we mm-hmm. just reorganize it a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just It's just a very interesting time when you start thinking how all these bits of insight and behavior and are coming into the equation and you think actually there's got to be different ways of doing it and there need to be different ways of doing it. Yes, there's a need now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and in some ways the, 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 sh- the starting shot's been fired. Yeah. We just don't quite know yet mm-hmm. where, where, where it's, it's going to go. Really. But that's exactly What's the aim, really? Yeah, and yeah. if you're young, I think, and that's that's truly exciting because mm. you're going to be at the, the kind of leading edge of that yeah, change. Mm. Uh, whereas us... Not Alexis, of course, he's yeah. very young too. But I'm myself. so sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of going to think, okay, I'm going to cope with that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell your kids because they will choose your retirement home, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. No, my dad mentioned that. He said, well, there's a bit of money, but if uh, I live till I'm 95 or 96 and somebody has to wipe my bum and I'd rather it's not you, uh, well, you might have bugger all. And I'm like, well, I'm really glad that at least I won't have to pay for somebody to wipe your own bum. Or and you've, you've got the provision for that, really. Mm. Um, or, 
all going well mm. and yeah. thing really in a way really and yeah. that's maybe quite exceptional to be able to do those kind of things if you're talking in the UK maybe people not having really uh, people, baby boomers are going to be running out of money quite a, a portion of them are going to run out of money fairly swiftly mm. Um, mm. and their retirement and a way of earning that money and they may be wishing not to have uh, stopped working at 68 and or 65 and carried on maybe two or three more years part-time or mm -hmm. thing really and yep. yeah, most are undersaved and then mm -hmm. most will make a few decisions that end up costing a lot of money that they take this maybe not now anymore but this cruise of a lifetime kind that's of it. equivalent that's it that's it that's it and then all of a sudden that's 10% of the money gone that can never earn uh, the return it. On, on investment anymore that's it that's it and so from what seven or eight years of savings they find themselves in five it can go very quickly well, that's it that's it yeah. that's it that's it uh, so out of that will come new models as well because the model that we know where there's money going around for everyone and there's growth mm -hmm. without limitation is and without kind of external cost that's mm -hmm. all going to go out of the window it has to it is already out it of, is yeah it yeah. is already mm -hmm. out of the window and and i'm and I'm, I'm particularly intrigued i mentioned it already before i'd never come around across this energy example where kind of renewable energy trading communities but as i've kind of dug a bit deeper in it i think that in itself will create change because now you've got to talk to your neighbors Mm -hmm. you got to get to know them one way or another. another yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Communities will start forming that way. It is mm -hmm. naturally community yeah, forming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe so you need to have a multi-generational community in order, because if the community, if yeah. I, I'm thinking about telling my neighbor my showering habit mm -hmm. and how long I spend in the, and what temperature about, I mean, really, and I find, I find it's a difficult, not difficult. I'm sure it will be a very complicated and difficult discussion. A discussion, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. But I think maybe generations like, uh, Elliot is going to be a bit more like matter of fact and it doesn't really matter really. And yeah. I think the value we put to that privacy type thing and the wall, my li my little do I do I have to change my routine to accommodate you or something like mm -hmm. that? Really, it's going to or we talked about electric cars and yeah. and the wall lot and uh, the other thing about me having a one thousand pound car uh, and I bought it two years ago, so now it's five hundred quid a year. Is the fact that for eight hours is sit sat outside doing bugger all really, yeah. and the whole thing with an electric car is you don't own it and. Yeah. It takes you from A to B, and then you come out of work, and then you tap the wallet, and then there's a car waiting for you. You take it home, and that car must have been working and done all sorts of things during the day. You got no idea, and you just rent that part of of the the whole thing. And I think it's yeah. very very different. Again, it's that ownership. And, and cars are almost like the anti-communist way of doing because you don't have to ask anybody about where you're going to go next and you can put the key in the ignition, create some uh, greenhouse gas by doing so and nobody has to know and you, nobody has any say on the whole lot. You're completely free to do whatever. And that's, the concept is mm -hmm. addict, addictive. Yeah. Addictive again, really. So cars are just another another one of those things, really, where it ticks so many of the boxes of you being a new. Hi, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
You're behind the wheel and then you're so much in your little zone. Mm. You start to scream at the whole bloody person crossing the road and it's your neighbor, really. And you have not even seen until you're too close to notice, really. And we are, we are really... Cars are a super interesting way. Yeah. Really, well, the way that you're talking about them is that you take a car home and you're behind the wheel. Yeah, that's I it. think the car will... You won't take a car home. The car will take, take you. Oh, but uh, even better. Even <laughs> better. Forget the steering wheel. That's it. That's it. That's it. Even, <laughs> even better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, there's, there's literal... It's, it's a very black and white game, driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's literal boundaries. There's literal limits everywhere. It's going to mm. be a job that the computers can do so much better and so much more efficient than us. Yeah. And when... When I first got my driver's license, there was, relatively speaking, a lot of open road. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult to control because speed mm -hmm. cameras and none of that stuff existed. So uh -huh. it was freedom. Yeah. It was, you know, you had a car. You yeah. were free. And, and, and now driving is tedious. <laughs> Just tedious. As you say, there's, you, there's controls everywhere. There's traffic everywhere. Because the road infrastructure is still as expansive as it is now as it was in the 70s 60s in the center, yeah, uh, yeah. okay a few more roads have been built but yeah, yeah. nowhere Ish. near at the rate that cars have been added into the system mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I can't wait mm -hmm. to have like driveless yeah, to yeah, not yeah. have to worry about yeah. driving yeah. and yeah, yeah. just have it on command that will take already quite a lot of cars off the road yeah, yeah, yeah. You, as you say most cars are just sitting there going absolutely nowhere for most of the day that's it so you could probably increase the traffic Flow better, yeah, quite yeah, yeah. a lot because yeah, yeah. you lose what 25 30 percent of all the cars, uh -huh, uh -huh. anymore. That's it, that's it. And then you're back to my energy problem as well. If people uh -huh. kind of um Charge. coordinate their uh -huh. journeys a little uh -huh. bit or can collaborate, you can uh -huh. take another lot of cars out uh -huh. of the system. Because uh -huh. if we both want to travel at eight, mm -hmm. either we have to, you know get mm -hmm. together that's or it. if I'm willing to shift to nine nine that's it then we can we only need one car one car that's it that's it but but even better if the cars are available from let's say in a, a little village into a town mm -hmm. if they're to begin with only available from certain periods yeah. at certain almost like mm -hmm. a, a bus then mm -hmm. people might be able to actually work mm -hmm. around that Mm -hmm. The people who work in the same, so the main problem at the moment is there's some financial perks for car sharing, mm -hmm. and people who are employed in the same. I was working in nationwide in a building society uh, and and having a room to do treatments, and so many people were doing that, and mm -hmm. uh, there were four, uh, three guys, and then it became four, mm -hmm. and it was adding an extra hour of their day every day because they were to arrive a bit earlier and leave a bit later. Mm -hmm. And they were going to the gym or doing other things, mm -hmm. uh, organizing. They were happy to do the whole sacrifice. So they were actually paying, they were doing four times less mileage. Mm -hmm. They were paying four times less petrol. They were paying, and the, the time they were driving, all those kind of stuff, the social part of it. And their missus ended up doing the same. Yeah. So they had like four... Uh, wives, girlfriends were using one car to go into the same place as well, and they were yeah. they were mixing the whole lot. So the, those four couples had they should have had eight cars, mm -hmm. but they had only two cars. Oh, they were they were use, they had eight cars, but they were using their 
the cars four four yeah. times less. Yeah. And the eight of the eight of them were using their car eight four times less. Yeah. And and the save they were all going on an extra holiday in yeah. the summer, like a bit plush to go to the Caribbean instead of mm -hmm. going to uh, Magaluf. They were going, poof, they were going to Saint Lucia, all those kind of stuff. And 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 just from actually going to the same place to work at the end so of the day. It's, so it's, it's, it's essentially just from communicating and organizing with people. Communicating, organizing, but sacrificing a little hour every day. But they didn't quite mind because some were going to the gym and the whole lot and mm -hmm. thing. And, and that car share and then on the car park there's well eight there's only one car instead of eight yeah. <laughs> so all the rest and things so it's super incentivized and the nationwide had one part where all the uh, car shares were kind of being able to go all the rest were uh, full and then the whole barrier goes up and you go in and then you can park so it's, you're incentivized to almost do the whole lot really yeah. and, and they, do, they did that for well I don't know now because I've not seen them for a while but couple of, two three years Happily, and they were like, oh, it's pacing, and we can chat, and the whole lot, and you're not on your own, and, and you mm. go to the same place anyway. And then the weekend, you can do whatever you want, really, but five days. And it, it was, it's quite interesting. It's, it's interesting because yeah. I was listening, going back to where we, in many ways, started. You're describing here an, an economic system mm -hmm. because you've talked about the car ownership and the going on holidays and so forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there is at the moment no economic model that could describe what you have just mentioned. mentioned because mm -hmm. basically you're describing some people that are trading off assets for a, a kind of social happiness. Happiness. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And they're trading assets for, for kind of income flows. You can trade to do that. Uh -huh. They're trading assets for a bit of convenience in a car parking spot. Spot. Don't um, really come across that in terms of economic modeling, but I'm That's sure it. that That's will come. <laughs> but there's a lot of what you were describing. I was just, as I was listening to it, I thought well, that goes right back to where we started, which is economic models have to change because they just don't recognize what people want and need. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that example is a perfect one because mm -hmm. a lot of what you described, we at the moment have no idea how to model that. Mm -hmm. And it, And it also needs to take into account that future currency thing, because if that mm -hmm. being able to park closer to that's a currency almost, you know, it could be, you know, being yeah. able to park. And like you said, um, recognition. Like uh, one thing over the last number of years that I've been thought, been on my mind quite a bit is obviously the whole gender um, uh, pay pay gap and. I always found it quite interesting because I, I, I knew that what uh, my bubbles, my spheres were saying wasn't actually represented in what the data was saying with regards to, you know, the differences between men and women and mm -hmm. how obviously those in this growth model are quite, have quite a big difference in how they're commodi commoditized, commoditized. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, in Norway where they try to, level out lever out the um the um equality of opportunities mm -hmm. and then it like pushed the stem fields and the nursing and stuff like that even bigger like the difference in, in genders and obviously looking after people there's like there really isn't anything more valuable really than talking and 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 like have and like sharing 
stories and 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 giving people better quality of life like nursing mm -hmm. nhs you know you said we we do have an obsession with how much we love it but that is at the heart of people that is a very good reason because mm -hmm. it's nice to give people health and ability to have a quality of life that they want but how has it got to the point where obviously with this current model of growth 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 and measuring it with hard cash <laughs> those things aren't rewarded in that area so if there is a currency of mm -hmm. recognition yeah. then those people are going to be the wealthiest people mm -hmm. yep and so they should be mm -hmm. and uh, and the bankers are not going to be so rich mm -hmm. anymore on on that scale unless but, well, but they need to be different scales otherwise of course some people are more social than others there's very timid people there's very introvert people so do we put introvert people on the mm -hmm. side so if we want to level we need to is it an inclusive thing yeah, in I a way or, or well, it a has to be but you'll end up redefining finance as in service of community or mm -hmm. in service Based of something, something. Uh -huh. at the moment finance is has a has a a re almost a reason of itself <laughs> it's, it's money to make money money yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's not it. in service Based of to. another goal mm -hmm. it's become its own goal mm -hmm. and and i and, you know, i can see that happening mm -hmm. a bit of regulation yeah, if, yeah. this bit of that yeah to start with yeah to impose a bit the whole yeah, model and service. then it organically goes and and in the uk they've made a start because they've obviously they've ring fenced parts of the bank yeah yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. that are you know away from investment banking and so mm -hmm, forth mm -hmm. and in essentially the, the concept there is these banks are in service of normal people doing normal things things that's it that's and, it that's and it. that's what they do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're ring fenced against that okay perfect. and that used to be the case in the us as well until that and then with all the consequences that followed that's but it, i that's can it. see that concept going back back as well yeah yeah, yeah. A lot of what happened in financial services isn't really necessary. I mean, <laughs> but it's a way of 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 obviously making money on money, it's, mm -hmm. it's, which is a natural trait, and mm -hmm. growth promotes it. And many of the bank failures, and, and the biggest casualties of bank failures, were came from the scenario where a number of people, a number of companies, got into the whole debt game and the leveraging of debt game, the CDOs, the famous CDOs. Mm -hmm. Number of, of banks sat that out. They weren't part of the initial wave and mm -hmm. they, they, their instinct was that's not Ooh, us. Not so, not a, yeah. not good. And then the shareholders start pressuring them and say, you know, look at that lot, how much money it's making, this, that, the next thing. Mm -hmm. And then they come in late because mm -hmm. everything has a growth curve to it, mm -hmm. a kind yeah, of natural it, evolution curve yeah. to it. Early adopters. And, and, and because the game has already been so advanced, the stakes they have to take are higher. You've got to invest more to be part of the game. And then obviously it, um, it goes sour. Mm -hmm. Now, why do these people come in? Not because all of a sudden they got a communal goal in mind <laughs> that just occurred to them, mm -hmm. but because they see other people but making money, money and the shareholders say you've got to follow. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest casualties in the financial crisis were often the companies that got in late. Late. There were also some that were just become so greedy that mm -hmm. you take a lot of risks beyond where you understand what risks you've taken. <laughs> but <laughs> one well-known bank in this country was actually a latecomer. The bank that I worked for, I mm -hmm. was on the investment side, but on the investment, on the kind of investment management side, uh -huh. the, 
uh, in um, the kind of investment banking side, side. they also got, got in late. Mm -hmm. And then the collateral was... And so the stakes were high and, and the quality had started diminishing already. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, 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 you put in the chips. Because that's, it, that's, play. It. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it, that's um, it. And you over, overplay. Mm -hmm. That was a na nationwide building society who had actually almost no stake into that really. And they had the, mm. no, there's no shareholder as such because it's the, The, cl the clients yeah, are yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so the model is a bit uh, as a building society. Yeah. And, and, and they came out really strong out of yeah, that. And then, and, but they came in because they were not driven by a goal of serving the community. Or that's it, that's it, that's it. Driven it. by the goal of making money. Making money. Money on money. That's it, that's it. And, and I think mm. that, that, I don't think the financial services industry, certainly by the time I left it, had really clocked yet. Yeah, yeah. That, But I think that will change too. Mm -hmm. I think, and then whether you're a banker or whether you're—I'll uh, use your NHS example. When it all starts orienting itself, like we do activity for the community, we serve a a good, good. planetary good, a human good, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. But we can put an outcome that has to do with well-being and, mm -hmm. and sufficiency and, and regeneration and whatever mm -hmm. in the middle. Then I think we will all be a lot more level. Mm -hmm. you know, they were all making contribution to, uh, to something we that we all recognize and value. And we're interdependent on it, on top of it, really. Because our own, our own happiness is actually depending on the happiness of others, really. Yeah. And that's yeah. a bit the whole. The, the world is made of others. Yeah. That's the whole thing, really. That's a bit the concept to almost bring into play, really. Yeah. Oh, it's never ending. It's yeah. great. It's great, great, yeah. great. Thank no, you for all this. We can, we can talk about it a lot. There are no answers. But that's it, that's interesting. It. Yeah, yeah, no answers. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that. We can talk about it a lot. There's no answers. But I mean, I, mean I, I like personally how positive you are about it and how, um, you know, what you were saying to, about what you said to your kids is really nice. And coming from someone who's in the financial industry, how you feel like there's, or and has had a career in the financial industry, feel like there's a change coming that's going to take into some of these, into account some of these variables and mm -hmm. stuff like that's, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's a very um, positive. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. even if there's exciting no answers, it's like... I, um, I think it is exciting and that's mm -hmm. the way to look at it. It's just exciting. There are new tools, there are new insights and, 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 and we know that, that certain things can't continue. We know our planet is being stretched and certainly my kids have a lot more because they've never known anything else they, 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 you know, there's, a, there's mm -hmm. an issue to deal with and we want you dad mm -hmm. <laughs> to do your bit <laughs> okay <laughs> exactly okay <laughs> no, oh. good T over two hours yes, yes no, yeah. as you it goes said. fast it goes yeah fast. as it's you said fast. gosh yeah, it yeah i can see what you mean <laughs> you guys are obviously abroad. well versed at this yeah. Yeah. i can see what you mean very interesting thank you no no thank well, nice for sharing any any time we it was great to chat chat that, that, well i hope it's you uh, you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great it's insight on it. on the way it goes, really. It's perfect. Thank you, uh, Patrick, for ah, coming around. Ah, 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 it's and, my pleasure. And sharing uh, info. info. Yeah. 
Right, and likewise, to, and it, it to be challenged and, and have contribution. Future currency, Con I've written it down. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's, it's a really... It's, it's mine, I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you say that. Too late. 